Hey, friends, are you ready? We're I'm a lady. lady. We're a lady. <laughs> we did it. And welcome to Idol Days, the show about idol anime. I'm Star. I'm Sarah. And back from the dead is... I'm Athena. My wife! Ooh, wife alert! Beep, 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 beep. Every year, once a year, on Halloween weekend, she rises from her grave and talks about <laughs> idols with us. Yes, yes. We're, we're, I, I know that you guys have, like, this is the most important day of the year for you all because it is, of course, the only day that you can resurrect Athena from the grave. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very glad that you are spending it uh, talking about a podcast with us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tradition at this point. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Athena has joined us for the finale of every Cursed Idol October so far. So even though this year we do not have more Zombieland Saga, we do have another show that is about a character kind of sort of coming back from the dead and doing idol-related activities. So hey! Bobby B. Colby! <laughs> Hashtag making it work. Making it work. So, friends, what show did we watch this time? We watched Ya Boy Kong Ming or Pirate Party People Kong Ming, depending on if you're watching the localized version or not. Party <laughs> People is how they say it in the little breaks. Mm -hmm. It's their Full Metal Alchemist. Party <laughs> People Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Anyways, um, Athena, would you like to briefly introduce yourself for folks who maybe this is their first Cursed Idol October with us and hearing your voice for the first time? Sure. Um, my name's Athena. I am Sarah's wife. Uh, mm -hmm. I usually pop up around this time um, in different episodes, and I'm just glad to be here talking with you guys about it. And more Yay! specifically, she pops up because she's goth. Goth! <laughs> Goth powers, resurrection, Halloween, spooky month, etc. Um, but I'm actually glad um, that you are joined. That we chose this show for Cursed Idol October um, because we were kind of messaging each other back and forth. And so, for those who are not familiar with the show, Ya Boy Kong Ming has like a lot of references. Like the entire show is kind of based around this one character who is from this one. I get how much of Three Kingdoms China is real and how much of it is like just storytelling mythos it's about a 70 30 split uh is how people usually talk about it uh okay, about 70 percent okay. is history and backstory and a lot of the people did exist in one way or another and then mm. another 30 is a lot of uh mysticism and retelling in a very uh romantic way to use the <laughs> term <laughs> gotcha gotcha yeah because um i know nothing about any of that and I think, Sarah, you were saying you had minimal knowledge as well. Yes, I have minimal knowledge, but thankfully my wife is millennia years old, so she was there. <laughs> yeah, no, um, <laughs> I've watched a lot of this stuff. It's just really <laughs> terrible because I have a pretty bad memory overall. Uh, but, you know, shit. I'll do my best to reiterate. It's okay. I can't remember stuff that happened to me like five years ago. So, I mean, can't blame you. Five this years was ago, like... 500 years ago, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's What's all the, the difference? same. What's the diff? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys watched this show before though this yes. was not your first time watching it for the podcast yes. no i watched we both watched it while it was coming out and mm. again it was very joyous having my wife again she was in the grave but uh we have like a little system <laughs> where she projects her thoughts into my mind i get wi-fi yeah she has wi-fi wife wi-fi wife wi-fi wi 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 
Wi-Fi. I did it. We can turn off the podcast we recording now. We've made the perfect joke. <laughs> we knew we'd get here one day. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, we did uh-huh. it. We did it. We did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a funny thing I was gonna say, and then my entire brain was taken over by Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Oh, that's what it was. I was gonna say you guys. Ha- I'm imagining. This is only going to make sense to a small subset of our audience who has listened to the Magnus Archives. But, you know, it's like the second episode (laughs) where the dude has, like, just the coffin and he has to, like, hang on to it for, like, a couple months just for Mm -hmm. a dude. And the coffin just, like, keeps making noises and it's highly cursed. But he ends up just using it as a coffee table. That's what I'm imagining is you guys. My wife is in there. I mean, I'm more of a bedside table, but, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bedside table coffin? Yeah, Yeah, exactly so. I'm your wife. Change the channel. <laughs> so technically, the show could be considered idol adjacent. There are idols yep. in it. It's more idly than other things we've talked about. So it certainly is. <laughs> yeah, like the word I- no idol. The the rival group are idols. The rival group we don't are see idols. Too much of them. They're probably. Mm, some of the weirdest idols we've ever seen. I'm not going to say the most weird. Yeah. But their concept is pretty wacky. Yeah. And uh, we'll get there. We'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, so like in, in insofar as what about this show is idly, um, the main character who is not the historical figure isekai'd into the modern day is um, Eiko. And she's not an idol, but she is a singer mm-hmm. and she wants to be a singer and we've done vaguer shit before. Yahoo. So it works. Curse Isle October. It's our podcast and we talk about anime that we want to. Cats is, <laughs> Cats is an idol anime and your boy yep. Hong Ming is also an idol anime. I'm yep, going to put a stop yep. to you there. No, <laughs> Athena, did you not hear about this whole lore? I did. I'm just also retracting it. Cats is no, you can't retract it. It was not your statement. You were on that episode. I'm shoving you I'm back into a, your I grave. I do not endorse the statement. I am, I am, I'm pulling a Luffy one piece and I'm shoving you back into your grave right now. Push, push, push. <laughs> That's what you get for rejecting the truth. <laughs> so Sarah, we're like definitely doing that for April Fools, right? Cats 2019, the movie. There we um, go. <laughs> We're doing it. Athena, you want to join us? I'm so glad I'm dead for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, talking about the Aminés. Aminés. So, so Sarah or Athena, would you guys like to talk about the main premise of this show? Because if I try, I'm going to laugh too hard. So, the premise of the Aminé is Kong Ming, the Three Kingdoms strategist, is isekai'd into the modern day and decides to become a producer for a singer, etc. And based on that synopsis, you would think that it is a ridiculous show. And here's the thing, audience. It is. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, stupidly good. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) We haven't talked... we, We almost never discuss our thoughts about a show before we record because we want it all to be in episode and genuine mm-hmm. 
but I dropped that on you guys when we were playing D&D the other guys. I'm like, why is it so good? And you guys were like, I know. <laughs> I'm so glad you liked it, Star. Because like I was like, uh, I hope Star likes it because we loved it. Yeah, no. Okay, so there's like I, my one complaint about this show. I can't talk about it at the beginning because it it's like end game stuff. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there because it is my one. It's not even a beef. It's just like a, oh, I wish they had done something more with that. <laughs> That's like my main problem with the show was just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I wish that like there had been more of the war games shenanigans that there were in like mm-hmm. the earlier episodes that they had gone a little harder on that in some of the later episodes. But sure. a- aside from that. I fucking love this show. It's really good. Yeah. I did not mind watching it twice. Um, Wants to watch and wants to take notes. And I mean, granted, the way we do the show now is we watch it one time all the way through. And then we have a a super special secret ability to um, watch episodes of animes in uh, two times speed, which is what I do. So I watch it all the way through one time. And then I watch it through a second time on two times speed just to go back and take notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost ended up watching it all the way through again. If yeah. I had time, I would have because <laughs> it's just so fucking good. So, Athena, tell us who Kong Ming was in actual Three Kingdoms lore. Give us the backstory. Yes. That's a lot of backstory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the super, super, super simple. I'm trying to condense like eight million pages into a few minutes. Um, is there are three main warring factions in sort of like the book that originates a lot of this, being the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Um, mm-hmm. This takes place around the Han period of China, which is about 160 to 280. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I told Star before, it's about 70-30 as far as like how much is mostly accurate as far as like events that take place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be covering three main factions, which are Sao Wei, Wu, and Shu Han. Uh, Wu is who we really care about right now because it contains our boy. Um, Your boy. <laughs> while the events of the book take place over about a hundred year period, um, it's not uh, not all of it is really relevant to what we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah. So Kong Ming is also known as Zhu Ge Leong. So if you ever see that anywhere else, then they're the same person. Just Kong Ming is his courtesy name. Fate. Uh, cough, cough. <laughs> basically. Um, is every historical figure in fate is this just a thing i don't know what fate is but it's so, just like every time there is a historical figure it's like oh like yeah you like have fate. five hours <laughs> for me to just go on a i told you fate. i was okay with this being our longest episode ever because that record is currently held by gekidol and i would love to forget that gekidol exists I, I think it's hilarious honestly <laughs> The thing is, Athena watching was... Sarah slowly lose her sanity watching Gekido was possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh. But you see, the problem is, if we have five hours on Fate and five hours on Kong Ming, I don't think I have space on my computer for an episode that long. <laughs> I do. I have disk space remaining for 422 hours and 56 minutes. So, Athena, tell me about Fate. Sarah's going to tab out while I talk about Fate. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. No, the basics on that is basis is if something has become like a human legend to a point that stories are told about them, like even concepts can sort of become a physical form in fate. Does that make any mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Queen so, like, Elizabeth for things, fate like, when there's a mix of like his actual historical people versus like uh things that happened in his in like uh stories and fairy tale characters and things like that. It's shaped by the way that people think about them. 
Hmm. Uh, so it's one of those. Yeah, I so see. there's like a literal Vlad the Impaler and also Dracula. Like they're technically two different things. How hot are they? Incredibly. Yes. Vlad <laughs> yes. is very much a joke, trust me. Um welcome 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 to our fate podcast. Welcome to our fate podcast. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> this is the bisexual fate podcast. Um, Uh-oh. Explain all of fate to me. Oh no. Oh, Jesus Star, oh no. <laughs> We're gonna have to put an M rating on this podcast. Anyways, <laughs> three <Yeah>. kingdoms. <laughs> yeah. So um our boy Juge Leong, not the one from Fate, but the one from this show. Um Is the one from Fate hot? In- He's a twin. Well, uh, yeah. let me see. Yeah. Uh, he turns into a dilf, and holy fuck. Oh. On case files um. is, yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> I know. You're looking at dilf. <laughs> yeah. Why is his hair so long? Yeah. <laughs> he's got like long hair. He's pretty. Oh, he's great. He's also very gay. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, he's at least his. Oh no, he's smoking. That's bad for your lungs, dude. Uh-oh. It's okay. He's like me. He's just like I just want to get through this. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, oh, there's Lung... the twink. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> twink version. Look up a Skandar. That's his husband. Well, seriously though, welcome to our fake podcast. This is all staying in. Oh, his is square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is very square. That's a good way to put his. No, the, the, you look up this guy, and the third image is he's a square. <laughs> he's a square man. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Square. Yeah, it's square. <laughs> it's square. It's square. Square. Yeah, for April Fools, they were in the mobile game. They replace all the pictures with joke stuff like that. Oh, I see. Anyway, your boy Kong Ming. <laughs> you sure? I can keep We've going on fate. It's been fifteen minutes. We should probably move on. You're right. Um, so, <laughs> in history, Zhuge Liang was a strategist who worked under Liu Bei, uh, who was the ruler of Wu at the time. Um, I like I said, I'm condensing a lot of this. Please bear with me. So Zhuge Lung was recruited by Liu Bei after a point of time in which he was trying to expand his rule because he was already well known as someone who was incredibly brilliant. He was super talented, like already known as a master strategist. He's um, Robin Fire Emblem. Basically, yeah. Um, so when they first met, he provided Liu Bei with the Longzhong plan, which uh, was a detailed strategic action to uh, take hold of land in different provinces the main thing being that Zhuge Liang is willing to basically do anything or sacrifice quite a bit of people in order to achieve long-term goals versus Liu Bei's uh, sentimentalness in wanting to be sort of like an ideal ruler. And that's a lot of the uh, conflict between the two of them, even though they were super close. Yeah, and I mean, there's actually, I remember a couple jokes about that where Kong Ming is like, wow, I'm glad that we aren't in war. If this was in the olden days, I would have put their heads on sticks. I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> a lot of his thing was, if this achieves the greater good in the long term, it's okay to sacrifice a village full of people, that sort of thing. So, oh, Athena. those bastards. Uh, at what time period in that the history of the entire world video does this take place? Which of the China's <laughs> broken again? <laughs> Uh, that's a great question. China, it keeps happening. Again. China is the uh, sweet bro and hella Jeff GIF of it. It keeps happening. Uh-oh. You did not just make that reference on our podcast. Curse Get out. October. Why do you think I'm here to make the sweet bro and hella Jeff references? Be- that You did not sign a contract stating that. I didn't sign any contracts. Exactly. Get the fuck out. Look, it, it was a blood pact, but it wasn't a contract. Okay. Get it Who right. Who made a blood pact with you? Because it wasn't me. 
Hey, Sarah does to summon me on Halloween weekend. Sorry about that, did you, Star. Sarah, did you give permission for this beforehand? Because I look, did not sign we, off on this. If we wanted to know more about the romance of the three kingdoms, I had to put up with the Homestuck reference. <laughs> oh, is this our sacrifice for the greater yes. good? Is it, oh, we brought a false Yay! Episode over. <laughs> we must sacrifice. Sometimes we must make sacrifices for the greater good. Absolutely. Like letting Athena make Homestuck jokes on our fucking podcast. Like to defeat Sasso, you also must make Homestuck Homestuck jokes. Wait, what? No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I've avoided it for so long. <laughs> well, that's why this episode is cursed. Cursed I October. Hey, cursed I October. Hey. So yeah, that is the super, super condensed version. And I apologize. I've only taken like a couple of intro Chinese courses. If I pronounce Listen, things well, wrong, well please don't crucify me. <laughs> We'll we'll get you on like a special bonus episode for patrons only for our Patreon that we do not have, where you can just talk about the romance of the three kingdoms for five hours and then oh, talk about fate for, five, for hours. five hours. <laughs> that can be the next episode. Join Absolutely. our Patreon that does not exist. Part one: the original visual novels. I, I'm 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 the only thing holding me back from wanting to do that is editing it. But honestly, put it up raw. Yeah. <laughs> Raw, uncut, Raw. talking about fate for five hours straight. <laughs> There's nothing straight about fate. There's nothing straight about uh, fate. It's true. I, I've seen, I've seen those twinks. I see them fight. You see a twink right now. <laughs> yeah, and a dilf. <laughs> the twink to dilf timeline. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about the show. So I know normally we introduce characters up front, but considering there's not many characters, do we want to just dive into it? There's like four if you're being very generous. Yes. <laughs> like four core members of the cast. And there's some extra punks. You don't have to worry about their fucking names even. One of them, like the bar owner does not have a name. He's literally just called owner the owner. entire time. I'm like, honestly, respect it. Appreciate because it. That's one character whose name I don't have to remember. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we can totally just like introduce them as they show up because yeah, there's only four of them. It's a real fucking easy show to deal with. Yeehaw. <laughs> so we open up and we see old Kong Ming and he's on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, Love to start an anime with dying. <laughs> it's just like Stardew Valley. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our Stardew Valley podcast. <laughs> and he's like, all I wish for is in the next life to live on a peaceful farm surrounded by cows and fishing. <laughs> and then he coughs too hard and he dies. And then he wakes up and he's not on a farm. He's in hell. And he's in hell, or at least what he thinks is hell. It's actually downtown Shibuya on Halloween, which like I've heard legends mm. of Halloween in Shibuya. Like... It's like the biggest party of the year. Um, I re I remember when I was living there, I saw news articles about like people tipping trucks over oh, <laughs> no. because like parties in the street got go so crazy. And you have to remember, these are Japanese trucks. They're very small. You could probably crush them like a tin can if you tried hard enough. This is not like a Ford F-150. This is a Ford like .150. <laughs> <laughs> Little baby trucks. Um, but I mean, like cars get tipped over. There's just like... Hundreds of thousands of people just in the streets, in costume, drinking, partying. So, like, the way they presented in the anime is pretty accurate from what I'm to understand the situation Ooh. is like. 
on Halloween in Shibuya. Shibuya. Shibuya, which is um kind of like the very fashionable part of Tokyo. Um, I only went there a couple of times because they never had the clothes that fit me and it just made me oh. depressed. But uh, I like the vibes there, and that's where the Hachiko statue is. Yes, we spent actually some time there when we visited because we have a family friend who lives there, and she showed us around. So that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sick. But yeah, so he is there, and he's like, he's still wearing like his old Chinese clothes, and he wears them throughout the entire anime. You never see him in anything different, I think, except for like a mascot costume later, but it's not there, important. There is the dry cleaning um, scene. He does have a tracksuit. Oh, that's true. That's true. He does have a tracksuit in the dry cleaning scene, the very important dry cleaning scene. So important. Um, but yeah, and so like he's just walking around, he's like, ah this must be hell. And then he sees like a couple of dudes who recognize him. He's like, yo, dude, cool costume. Drink this tequila. And he's like, oh my God, I'm dying. This is hell. And those two guys show up like constantly throughout the series. They're in love. Sarah ships them. They're even in the credits together and it's very cute. To be fair, if two random drunk guys came up and started talking to me randomly, I'd also think I was in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Mood. Especially if they try to force drink, like force me to drink tequila. That I'm like, and then go no, to a club. <laughs> oh, this is hell. This is hell. <laughs> hell for me. Uh, so they do that. They bring him to a club while he's drunk, and it's playing EDM music. And again, he is from Three Kingdoms, China, and he's like, "This is the sound of hell." <laughs> what is this awful noise? <laughs> this rambunctious noise of hell and demons. But around this time is when our girl Ego comes on stage. And she's our other main character. Yes. Sarah, would you like to describe how she looks? So when they you first meet her, she is wearing like a demon costume because it's Halloween. But generally, she has like two like blonde braids, medium length, just past shoulders. Um, she has like bright blue, sparkly eyes. Uh, she almost always has, like, shorts and, like, some, like, oversized top. Usually a jacket. Very and, like, cute. a little hat. And a little She's hat. She's got, like, a baseball hat. Her look is very cute. She's a cutie. Cutie patootie. But, yeah, so she goes up on stage and she starts singing her song. And versus what they were listening to earlier, it's not that different. But Kong Ming is just like, oh, my God, her voice is beautiful. A songstress of hell. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> And he talks like very old fashioned the entire anime. It's very endearing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So after uh, Eiko like goes back and she like works at the bar. So she's like talking to the bartender and she's like, wow, no one was paying attention to me. That sucked. But then Kongming shows up and he's like, excuse me, madam, your voice is divine. I never expected someone in hell to sound so amazing. And she's like, what do you mean hell? We're in a bar, dude. (laughs) But he, like, keeps gushing about her and eventually, like, you know, wanders off or whatever. And then the bartender... He gets dragged off by Uh... his red and blue dudes again. (laughs) And the bartender's like, well, it seems like at least one person was listening to you. And then Aiko gets all sparkly. Yeah, because... So Aiko's whole thing is, like, she's trying to make it as a singer... Um, and she's failed like every audition that she's tried out for. And she, we find out later that she is on the verge of quitting, mm-hmm. like trying to become a singer because she's just, she moved to Tokyo to pursue music and she's just had zero luck. And so this little interaction with Kong Ming, you can tell is already just like getting, giving her the doki doki. She's, she's like, oh, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yay. Which is what leads into what happens next. It's the next, it's the next morning, early in the morning. 
like 4 a.m. Because it was Halloween night and they were uh, working all night partying. And uh, Aiko's going home and she's walking like down an alley and she sees Kong Ming just like passed out against a, like a side of a building. And she's just like, oh, it's that it's that weird guy from earlier who said my voice was nice. And she's about to leave him there. And then he like mutters in his sleep. He's like, oh, she had such a lovely voice. <laughs> and she's like, fine, I'll take the lost puppy home with me so he doesn't freeze to death outside. <laughs> Which like, it's, it's November. I'm not sure if he would have frozen in Tokyo in November, but it's not, it's not going to be good for you sleeping outside like that. So mm, whatever. That makes sense. Um, so she takes the puppy home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ends up like, he wakes up in her apartment and he's like, oh, where am I? Oh, what is, what's a mirror? Is that me? Why do I look young and hot? What's <laughs> going on? And he just like has his standard anime character, Isekai freak out that mm-hmm. we've, you've all seen this at some point. <laughs> and then there's like a time lapse of him just like constantly asking questions of Aiko. I'm like, how funny. No, oh, no, it, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so perfect. I, I guffawed at this moment, like audible laughter because he's like, Aiko, can you please explain the internet to me. And she's like, we don't have all day. And he's like, please, just, just just a little, just a little. And she's like, fine, just until I go to work. And we see like a time lapse. And he's like, okay, so what is the internet? And then there's a little time skip. And he's like, so what's the blockchain? <laughs> and I cried laughing. <laughs> so Athena, what is the blockchain? I'm just kidding. She's no. Welcome to our blockchain not. podcast. <laughs> Invest in idle coin today. (laughs) Sarah, I'm not going to spiritually cleanse this entire podcast. (laughs) Burning sage into your monitor. (laughs) Out foul beasts. Out foul demons. Out I say. But then in the end, she's like, who the fuck are you anyways? And he's like, well, I have a wiki. And then he starts reading through his own wiki. I just learned what Wikipedia is, but I've got a page on it. It's talking about me. And then while he's reading his wiki page, he like gets excited about like how they've like adapted his like lore and legends. And then he mm-hmm. finds out that all his friends are dead. Don't you just hate it when you find out all your friends are dead? And even worse, the the uh, what country was it that he was in, Athena? Uh, Wu. Yeah, the the Wu had had collapsed back then too. And China got broke again. China broke again. Mm -hmm. And so he gets sad. Yeah. Uh, And then what ends up happening is just kind of out of nowhere, Aiko like grabs her little acoustic guitar and plays one of the songs. It's a cover of a song. We never hear the original. Mm -hmm. It's by an in-universe artist that Aiko likes. It's Mm -hmm. called I'm Still Alive Today. Yes, and at at this point, uh, I want to mention Aiko's singing voice actress is really good. No, she's so good. <laughs> she's so she so has good. a she has a different singing voice than her like speaking mm-hmm. voice actress, but her singing voice I think it must be like pretty popular. But her voice is so fucking good, it's though. So I think good. it's like it's ninety six Neko. Ninety six Neko. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I thought. I couldn't remember like the numbers, but, but yeah, like like gives you chills. Good. 
Yeah, no, it's just like tearing up during the music good. Um, but yeah, so Kong Ming, like, listening to her sing. Oh, and also a fun thing to note is that, like, the whole song is in English, because I guess in universe, the song is sung by an American singer. Mm-hmm. But I guess while she's singing, Kong Ming starts thinking of, like, the high point of his life and all the people there, and he starts crying more. Yeah, he's like, cry more, Isekai man! <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, um, he ends up telling Aiko, he's like, hey, so, um, I guess I'm stuck here. Can you help me get a job? And she's like, okay, whatever. And she introduces him to the manager of the club she works for. And luckily the club owner, his name is just owner. We never learn what his actual name is. Um, is apparently a big three kingdoms nerd. And so he's like, "Oh, you're you you're you dress just like Kong Ming, and you you get super in character." And he like quizzes him. It's like, "Oh yeah, you're a fan of the Three Kingdoms, huh? Well, name three things about it." Name three of their albums. <laughs> name three. Name of their three albums. of their albums. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so like literally just like quizzes him. He's like, "Oh yeah, well if you're Kong Ming, then why did you do this during this thing?" And Kong Ming is like, "Oh well, that happened yeah. because this." And it was then specifically. The- I think it was about. I, I wrote down Ma Su. I don't know if you know, can give us insight, but it was supposedly like one of the, like his failures as a tactician. So Masun was um, something that he couldn't really predict, especially towards, if I'm remembering correctly, towards like the end of his career working with Liu Bei. Um, and there was a rise of another guy called Sima Yi, uh, who was probably just as smart, if not smarter. <laughs> Um, and it's a whole thing, but a lot of it is like showing that Zhuge Liang like wasn't um, a super magic man that had a uh, hold over absolutely everything. Like he couldn't think of his way out of every situation. Okay, hmm. it's an opposite of the save the cat moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, haha, you are sometimes flawed in your logic, smart man. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> I wonder if anyone, like, it has to have been done, right? But I wonder if there's anyone who's made, like, a Death Note-style smart guys being smart at each other, trying to outsmart each other's type anime about this whole Three Kingdoms thing. Oh, I'm sure. It has to exist, right? Write us on Discord. (laughs) Tell us on Discord and or Twitter and or Instagram if that's a thing that's real, Mm -hmm. because I'd watch it. I am a known fan of the guys being smart at each other subgenre of anime. I like Death Note. I like Code Geass. That's the two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the two that I know, but I like them. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it, is what I'm saying. So, but yeah. owner hires Kong Ming because he's Kong Ming. Mm-hmm. And he loves the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, he's like a Three Kingdoms weeaboo. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Kong Ming ends up like learning to work at the bar, and he's like a super good bartender, and it's really funny. He's like, compared to being a tactician, making cocktails is easy. And he's just like, f- drinks are flying everywhere. And and Aiko's just like, dang, look at him go. All right, cool. <laughs> and you also get a little bit of backstory here where like Kong Ming's like, well, tell me about Aiko. And owner's kind of like, well, he's been trying to make it in music and she's probably not going to do great at this tiny little club, but I would do anything for her. Like owner's kind of acts like Aiko's dad, even though he's not his, her dad, like very found yeah, family. Yeah, paternal figure. Mm-hmm. We, we find out later that her dad passed away when she was younger. So mm-hmm. owner is kind of her dad now. Yeah. Paternal figures. Yay. Yay. And yeah, and we get, I think we get another song here of Aiko like going on stage and singing again mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yes. 
Um, and then after work, we get kind of a heartfelt scene with Aiko and Kongming as they're like walking home after work. And we get Aiko's tragic backstory. Yeah, so she's like, he's like, well, Aiko, like, what drew you to singing? And she's like, well, I always love to sing. And it was like something I was really into. But I got like, I had a really, really bad mental health time in high school. And my mom was discouraging my enjoyment of singing. And I was about to go step in front of a train. And then owner saved me and brought me to his club. And I watched that America single singer, like Maria Diesel, I think it is. Uh, yeah. Seeing that I'm still alive today. And she made me realize that I want to be able to like go straight to people's hearts and give them hope. Like she gave me hope. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like, it's not funny, but it's a little detail in the animation that I liked. Um, when we're seeing this flashback, when she's like, all when she's like in her bad state of mind and she's just like super out of it, she has like the anime no shine in her eyes. Like, like Haruka Udapri. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but then like when she's in the club and she's listening to the music and she hears the singer sing this song, she gradually like gets the shine in her eyes. And it's like, it was just a cute little detail that I appreciated from a visual standpoint. I'm like, yeah, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Aiko goes on to say, and she's like, I wanted to try and move here and learn how to do and like make it in the music industry because that singer inspired me and I wanted to be able to be just like her, but I haven't really had a whole lot of luck and I'm probably going to end up quitting pretty soon because it just hasn't been working out. And Kong Ming's like, well, hang on. Your voice is great. I don't want you to quit singing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be your personal tactician. There's no war. What else am I going to do? <laughs> he's like, I will help you rise to stardom. And she's like, what do you mean? And, she's, and he says, I'll be your tactician. And yeah. what does that mean? Next episode. Next episode. Do we get the ending on this episode? We do get the ending on this episode. And it's so heckin' cute. Can we talk about the ending? Yes. So the ending is just like, the, first of all, song's a bop. Very cute. Um, but also, um, the ending is, it's the same animation, but it evolves mm -hmm. over the course of the season as new characters get introduced. They get added to like the little stage during the second part of the, um, mm -hmm. part of the number. And it's just, the art style is just real cute. They're just like also, these cute little chibis. Their voices also get added too. In the first one, I'm pretty sure it's just Aiko singing and later other characters start singing with it. Yeah, like Ka Kabe gets a rap verse later, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think it's only there for some episodes. I'm not entirely sure because I didn't watch the ending all the way through every single mm -hmm. episode. Um, but it, it's super cute. If you have time, go on YouTube and look at the ending because, like, the song is a bop, the animation's adorable, and it's just, it's so freaking cute. I kind of want to animate, like, my VTuber in this style for just, like, a starting soon screen or yeah, something because it's cute. so cute. It's so cute. Ah, it's adorable. But speaking of songs, <gasps> episode two, we get the opening. We get the opening.
good. If later on this year, if like those anime awards come out and this does not get best OP, it's fake. Awards don't count. It's the best OP fake ever. News. Oh god, it's so good. And not really the type of song you would have anticipated from a show of the genre. So, do you know anything about it, Star? I saw like one YouTube comment uh, talking about how like it used to be a different song and then they licensed it, it and is a co- dubbed over it in yes, Japanese. It's, it's a cover of a Hungarian Eurobeat song by an artist named Jolly. And it's just it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And I just I want to do like a quick little shout out for the little dance yeah. that they do in the song. Cause like they they're not like doing idle dances. They're just like kind of like got your hands kind of like bunched up and you're just kind of like rocking your shoulders back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I dance at the club. <laughs> Athena, you can confirm, right? We this was one of the anime where we watched the opening every single time. Every single time. That was not an option. We had to watch that funky dance again. You, you so, do not skip through this opening. Dance. You do not skip the opening because it's just, it's so freaking cute. And like the visuals are really interesting. Like mm-hmm. some of the like backgrounds they've got going on. There's- it's like a weird mix of like downtown club city, cityscape aesthetic. I almost said city escape. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Athena, Athena, you ready for five hours on Sonic the Hedgehog? Do not get me started. We're going to have to special guest Daphna for that one. <laughs> Special guest Hatsune Miku. Notable Sonic fan Hatsune Miku. I mean, if you want me to sing City Escape, I will, but... Follow me! (laughs) Set me free! (laughs) The other thing, I remember there... So, I only know Little Three Kingdoms. Athena can extrapolate, but I remember that there was a visual pun where there were red Mustang cars, and I thought that was funny. Yeah, so um, a very famous um, horse appears a lot of the time, and it changes owners quite a bit. Uh, called Red Hair, mm-hmm. um, and he was described as like the fastest horse ever. Period. Amazing, wonderful, and it was like an honor to be presented with this horse at all or interact with it. Um, so the Red Mustangs being around a lot. And there's a lot of like background jokes like that. It was very funny. <laughs> like Mustang, like the brand of car visually, yes. but it was red yeah. in the OP. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't have caught that. So like, this is why we have. Our expert. <laughs> this is why we have the, the, the woman who was there back in the day. Back in the day. Back in my back day, in we my had day. horses. <laughs> not these damn convertible contraptions. These automatic horses. <laughs> How many horses are inside of this box like to the- make it go so fast? How like do the- they fit all those horses? I like it's the- impossible. I like the statement of an automatic horse, like a, <laughs> implying that there's a manual horse. Yeah, yeah. just a horse. That's <laughs> horses, they're manual. They're analog horse. Analog unless, horse. unless... Unless your horse's name is Manuel. Ooh. Or Manuel. Because then it's a Manuel Manuel horse. Ooh. Starla, I will drive to Texas and punch you. <laughs> I would love you to! Come visit my house! Bring your wife with you! Episode two! <laughs> Episode two of the anime? So we have watched <laughs> the OP. We didn't cut anything weird out and stick it at the end of the credits. <laughs> no. So at no. the beginning, owner uh, drops a hint for the episode to come where he's like, Hey, Kong Ming, tell me about the story of the Stone Sentinel Maze. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I the entire time he's going through this thing, I'm like, this is gonna, this is a special tool that will help us later. So, <laughs> this is totally not going to be relevant sometime in the next. No, so, never. Athena, explain to the audience the stone sentinel makes. <laughs> so, uh, a famous thing related to Kong Ming. Imagine that. Uh, uh-huh. So basically, uh, Liu Bei was defeated uh, by another guy called Lu Xun in a big famous battle, not important. So he's running away and Lu Xun is following behind him. And um, Kong Ming is like, hey, you should escape to the Yangshi River. I've got a plan. Bitch, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Bitch, so don't worry about it. They get there. I'm they're trying me. to escort like people in the surrounding area to come over to make sure that everything's okay. And then uh, Lu Xun finally arrives. He's like, hey, what are these like shit tons of stones just doing here like standing up forming this weird maze like formation and the people the people who live there are like oh yeah uh Kung-Ving came here not long ago and he put up all these stones and we don't really know what's going on Lushun's like that's suspicious but okay it's probably nothing he goes into the maze <laughs> the wind starts blowing it's probably nothing <laughs> I mean basically what do you want me to say he goes in anyway even though he's like this is obviously a trap um, seems sus. <laughs> seems sus, but okay. He's probably bluffing. <laughs> Spoilers, he's not bluffing. Lucian uh, <laughs> goes into the maze. The wind starts to blow. Things get start toppling over on top of his troops that are going in. And quote, I have fallen into Zhuge Liang's trap. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to Damn back you. out the other way and get bailed out by more of their own men to get away. And thus, Liu Bei was fine. Haha, <laughs> you fucks. Notably, he was only in that situation because he didn't listen to Kong Ming. Yeah. <laughs> Kong Ming, like, pushes his sunglasses up. All according to Keikaku. All according to Keikaku. Translators know Keikaku means plan. <laughs> so that is explained to us, that story. That's exposited to us. Not as, totally well, as, not as well as Athena did it, though. Basically what they give you in the anime is that there's a stone. And it's, it's, it makes a maze. The dude got lost in it. And it's a thing that happened. Keep that in your pocket, because it might be handy later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. It's more of just like, hey, it's a secret reference for people who would get this one, but it's not it's like true. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll get it through context. <laughs> you'll get it. But yeah, so, um, Aiko is thinking about her goals. She wants to perform at, like, a huge festival someday. <laughs> but at the moment, she's only got, like, 200 Twitter. Like, they call it Pinstagram, which I think is hilarious and yes. adorable. It's pretty great. Um, and so they call it, like, pin... I watched a couple... Of, there's only a few episodes of the English dub out, I mm-hmm. think. It just recently um, started. Yeah, um, so I watched the first four episodes in English, mm-hmm. um, and they call it Pinsta sometimes, and I just thought it was very cute. Cute. Um, but yeah, and she's like, I've only got 200 Pinsta followers. I'm not going to be doing shit until I get that number up, because modern-day society relies on clout for choosing people to perform at stuff like this, and the uh, modern-day society and social media was a mistake, but that's Star it, has opinions on it. Not the point of the <laughs> podcast, though. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Kong Ming ends up getting tickets to take Aiko to this little, like, music... It's not a festival. It's like it's a, a concert. Club. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a club. Yeah. That's doing like a lineup of different musicians. Um, and he wants to go there and just kind of like scout it out with her to kind of get an idea of the different types of music that she's trying to break into. Mm-hmm. And there's this one performer that she's really excited to see her. Her name is Mia. I forget her last name. I think she, her um, stage name is just Mia. So, so Mia is probably. Fine. Yeah. Um, so she has like a really big following on Pinsta. Um, but she's got kind of, 
an attitude mm-hmm. that you see with like people who are famous and they know it. Mm-hmm. Where she's, she's very like much a diva the whole time. Yes, diva's exactly a good word right for it. it. Yeah, yeah, because she she you kind of like get some stuff of her while she's on stage talking about it's like oh this club is stupid why do I even why do I have to perform this other song why can't I perform my own music Eh-eh-eh. and she's just kind of being a little snobby about it. Really quickly during her show, so Kongming is starting to get a better grasp on music, especially EDM. And they make the comment where Mia comes up and she's like the headliner of the venue and she starts her song and the B- the BPM is really slow. And Kongming's like, that's kind of weird, Aiko, because he said that clubs like to have like hype up BPM for like the big numbers. And then Aiko mentions like, yeah, usually artists actually try to lower the BPM for a little bit and then raise it really high to like pump up the audience again. And that's something that comes back later, too, but not this episode. I was wondering about that because, like, I, they put a lot of stress on that one little moment. And I'm like, when is that going to again? No, no. Uh, the, the next big festival, they talk about using that against the rock band. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I gotcha. I must have missed. I must have not made that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes. So um, after her performance, Kong Ming's like, well, let's go backstage and talk to her because I don't know about etiquette. Do, 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 do. Um, and they just like go backstage and knock on her door. And he's like, hello, I just wanted to say that your performance was wonderful. And um, Eiko introduces herself. She's all flustered because she's a fan and she's cutie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, well, I, I'm a musician too. Here's my pinsta. And um, Mia sees it and kind of like pulls her manager aside for a second. And they whisper totally not in a suspicious way. Totally uh, then, not a trap. Totally not a trap. Athena, knowing this is opened my eyes. I know, right? No, he does this quite a bit where he'll pretend like he doesn't know that something is a trap or a bad situation to use it to their advantage by not giving his opponent information that he knows. Oh, so, so good. thereby by uh, them thinking, oh, Echo's totally fallen into this trap. They're going to be predictable and not be on guard for whatever he tries to do. Uh, this happens a lot in Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It also happens a couple of times during the show. Like the the second, the first festival she performs at, this comes back in a major way mm-hmm. of just like make them get into a comfort zone and then smash into them. Well, that's his specialty, really. Like he I- does it quite a few times, like by using information that someone else wouldn't know. He pretends to be an idiot or like pretends that He's totally falling for something super obvious, and it keeps punching the other person back in the face. That's mm-hmm. I, I appreciate. I love having this bonus. Yeah, lore. historical context. I like. I said, I'm I'm very glad that we chose this episode for our one Athena episode here because I'm loving this historical context. It's making the show like better in retrospect. It's like hell yeah, hell, hell yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, but yes, but it's so a trap. Mia, hundred percent, it is trap. a trap though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. So Mia basically says, "Hey, do you want to perform? Um, I'm going to give you an invite to this event I'm doing, and then we can like perform at this, and we can perform together." And Aiko's, of course, super duper excited because this is the first time she's really performed outside of her own club that she works at. Mm-hmm. Um, but what ends up happening is she gets the invite and they've put her on the schedule at the same time as Mia, because I guess they have like multiple stages. Yeah. So people can mm-hmm. kind of like move around between the stages as they see fit. It's almost similar to a venue that was here in Atlanta called the masquerade where it's got like mm. three different floors and sometimes mm. three different shows will be taking place on them at the same time. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so the idea here that Aiko doesn't really see, but Kongming and everyone else sees, 
is that Mia's counting on Aiko not being popular and everyone being like, oh, well, this floor is abandoned. Let's go to Mia's floor and watch her show because her floor is bumping because she's super popular and Aiko's got, like, fucking nobody. Mm-hmm. So very much a trap. Yep. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so day of the concert, uh, Koming's basically like, don't worry, Aiko, I got you. <laughs> and Aiko looks out on her stage and she's like, there's like 10 people here. 10 is generous. Yeah. There's like five, I think, the very first shot you see of her stage. And she's like, well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my best, but this sucks. So she goes out, she starts singing. Uh, owner, meanwhile, is like, what is that Me guy doing? I'm going to like kick his ass later for like crushing Aiko's dream so hard. Um, and then Kongmin, you see him going around and offering people to come get free <laughs> drinks on this floor. Come get free drinks on Aiko's floor. This is not a trap. This is not, I'm not luring you into a, into a trap at all. Why would you say such a thing? I Here's am not being, as the kids say, a sussy baka. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the less funny it gets over time, the more funny it is to me personally. <laughs> No, listen, I don't mind the Amogus jokes because I've been sitting here making them too like the whole podcast. <laughs> so like, it's fucking fine. It's whatever. I'm justifying myself. I'm Kongming. Come get free drinks. I'm not a sussy little baka. No, <laughs> never. But meanwhile, he totally was a sussy baka because <laughs> owner goes back to Aiko's floor and there's a billion people there and it's bumping again. And he's like, hey, Kongming, how'd you get the people to come here and stay? And Kong Ming's like, well, I'm so glad you asked. It's using the similar principle that they brought up earlier, like where he's able to lead people in there by deception. But when they get in, everything looks the same. They're turned around. It's an unfamiliar environment. And so hearing Echo at the middle, they're like, oh, snap. OK, we'll just stay here and listen to this. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- Lured in with the promise of free drinks and bumping jams. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually like a sweet little moment because he's like, yes, listen, I may have tricked all these people into coming down here with trickery and tomfoolery, but they're staying because Aiko's music is really good. Yeah. So she's got that going for her. And now all these people know who she is and she ends up getting a whole lot of new like pin stuff followers from the mm-hmm. event. And it's very, it's like, it's her first big boost. Yeah. Right. So Mia after this is pissed. Mm-hmm. We see a scene of her with her manager being like, why was my floor empty and hers was packed? That's the opposite of what it was supposed to be. But ma'am, she had bumpin' jams. <laughs> uh, there was nothing I could do about the bumpin' jams. <laughs> but basically, the, her manager is kind of snide, like, well, maybe you should be practicing instead of posting on Instagram. She- yeah, which, like, yeah, but also... <laughs> I will say part of the trick that um, Juge Leong uses to trap people there is he uses, he's like, oh, I'm going to make it so it's an inescapable maze. <laughs> yes. But it's like four identical potted plants and he puts restroom signs on the different doors so people <laughs> yeah. don't go in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fucking So hilarious. clever. And a fog machine, so it's kind of hard to see. Mm-hmm. Genius. That's it. That's all he does. Yeah. Genius it, I don't think they're potted plants. I think they're Christmas trees. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, so I have a fog machine pumping in fog and I'm like having the lights pulse so people's judgment is dimmed and also I'm giving them booze. <laughs> and I'm putting restroom signs up on all the exits. He really is the epitome of if it works, don't knock it. Yeah. Right? It's No, it's fucking great. I also like just just stepping aside for a moment. I I love 
unironically left. Because, like, you could have had a character who's, like, stumbling and bumbling through modern society as your isekai protagonist. I love how fast he catches on. He's a genius tactician. Yeah. He's a genius, genius tactician. Yeah, like, it makes sense for him, but, like, I feel like the show would have been lesser if he was, yes. like, constantly having to try and figure shit out. No, he's got this shit on lock yeah, he immediately. Yeah, he Wikipedia. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. It's just, like, uh, I want to see just him, like, with Aiko's smartphone draining the battery into the night <laughs> of just, like, looking shit up on Wikipedia, like, literally all night. Yeah. <laughs> he's Thanks. like, I have to research. It's important. And he's, like... Got like 50 tabs open. <laughs> and one of them is playing music and he can't figure out which yeah. one. That's <laughs> a It's like, I love this 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 man. He's best isekai protagonist, honestly. Yeah. I fucking love yeah, it. Yeah, he's so good. Right before the last ending of the last episode, and you also see that Aiko is getting more Instagram followers. Forgot if we mentioned mm-hmm. that. But get more Yeah, that's like an after credit scene, yes. I think. Because I didn't see it the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so there there was one like little thing. Uh, this is not a complaint. This is more of an observation. Um, so at the end of the episode, Mia tells her manager, he's like, I want you to keep an eye on that Aiko girl because now she's my rival. And da 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 And Mia and her manager literally never come up again. I think they're in like the background for a couple of shots towards the end of the show, but they like never come up again. And I'm like possible season two i guess yeah, but like so, i would have expected her to come back up so the show is based on a manga series that's been running mm-hmm. for a while and from my understanding she comes back in the manga but hmm. not for that much cover than this i genuinely hope we get a second season of this yeah. because i i want to see more i've i've i was reading youtube comments and i got a couple of hints of what comes next in the series, and I haven't read the manga, but I'm like, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. Want to hear more sick tunes more from a Spotify playlist? <laughs> more '96 Neko. Yay! Um, but yeah, so that w- that was like my observation. I'm like, I wonder if she's ever gonna come back, and then she doesn't. I'm like, season two, I guess maybe. So fingers crossed for a season two. I would love to do that for Cursed Idol October next year, or more zombies. Yay. We don't know what'll happen <laughs> first. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, episode three. Play the opening again. <laughs> Play the opening again. <laughs> Every time. Well, uh, what if I, when I'm editing this, I literally just like put in like five seconds of the intro every Skip time the we whole thing eventually. <laughs> Why only five seconds? <laughs> because we can't listen to the whole thing. We're going to get copyright strikes. Coward. <laughs> yeah, I am. I don't fuck with YouTube. <laughs> We have a YouTube channel now, by the way. I'm putting this in here in the middle of the episode because I spent, like, the entire weekend getting it set up. You stumbled into my sussy trap. Now you've had to promote yourselves. <laughs> yeah. You stumble into my sussy little trap where now you have to listen to me. This Welcome to the, the ad break. Go subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel that I spent all weekend putting together. <laughs> um, we don't have a custom URL yet because YouTube is being a sussy baka and not mm. giving one to us. Ev- eventually, it will be Idle Days Podcast YouTube. But for now, if you just search Idle Days Podcast on YouTube, it should be like the first channel that pops up. Wahoo! Um, I had been uploading episodes to my main account, but for couple of reasons that aren't interesting. I've decided I'm going to start moving those episodes over to the Idle Days specific YouTube channel. Um, and the way I've got it set up is that we're going to be posting like one video episode of the podcast, like every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 
until we get caught up with our buffer, which is going to take about six months. Uh-huh. But you guys should go subscribe because we've got like 20 subscribers on there already. Um, and you could be one of them. Get in on the ground floor. Like us before our- we were cool. <laughs> Before we were cool. You think we're cool? We spent the first 45 minutes of our podcast talking about fate and sussy little Bacchus. As part of a promotion for our YouTube channel, the YouTube exclusively will have a sussy Bacca counter in the corner. <laughs> Bing. Every time we say it, it makes a little cinema sense ding. Please don't make me edit that into the video. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't make me do so, that. So, <laughs> episode three, uh, basically, Ego's done good, and Kong Ming is like, hey, you did so good at your last thing, I got you a gig. I got you a gig. It's at a music festival in Yoyogi Park, which is, uh, it's like right across the street from Harajuku, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there. It's very nice. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've got, like, a pond and Ooh. stuff. Idyllic. It's nice. It sounds uh, lovely. <laughs> but yeah, so basically when you when you get off the train at Harajuku Station, if you go straight, you go down like the big street where um I forget the name of it, but like the street in Harajuku um where all the shops are that's like super duper fucking crowded all the goddamn time. Um but if you turn around about face, go up a little ramp, then you get to your Yogi Park and so that's where this is. Yes, and that's what they do. They do walk um, around the Harajuku Park part a little in Kongming. Is that where he gets his glasses, or does he have them later? Yes. Yes, this is where he gets his star-shaped sunglasses that I love so much. My man is powerful. He's so good, though. Um, But then they end up scoping out where Eiko will be singing, uh, and it is on a tiny little dinky stage at the edge of the venue. Yeah, it's like behind a tree, so a lot of people don't even know that it's there. Uh, She's also not performing on the main day. It's like the day before the big performances. Yeah, and so she's like, oh, man, this this kind of sucks. Um, but Kong Ming is just like, don't worry, I have a plan. A sussy little Baka plan. I feel like now I have to say it all the time. <laughs> because we've set a precedent. <laughs> uh, Only people at the counter in. Uh, and at this Bing. point, he talks about employing the 36 stratagems. What she talks about, but I don't have a lot of context for it. So, hey, if you <laughs> If you've heard of The Art of War, it's very, very similar. It's a, an essay that was written that talks about using the use of deception, mostly, in order to uh, be successful in warfare. So in this case, if you wanted to relate it to the 36 stratagem, it might be uh, uh, stabbing an enemy with his own knife by utilizing their resources against them in order to uh, appear advantageous. Ooh. He uses similar things earlier where he's appearing weak and pathetic and that he doesn't know anything in order to pull one over on people. That's the and sort of- And he stabs of them. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, in a non-warfare context, you're use- you're utilizing things you don't know, or that you know against your opponent thinking you don't know them. Oh, I see. To make them more predictable. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. The only thing I know about Art of War is that they quoted it in one of the Unraveled episodes, where it's like, if your enemy is of choleric temperament, seek to irritate him. But that's the Steal thing, is hats. you're utilizing uh, <laughs> deception and things like that. Like, there's a famous story where Zhuge Liang, uh, knowing that an enemy commander uh, gets angry a lot, but he also has a very bad, grievous injury from, like, a week before, and he can't get super angry right now, otherwise it'll reopen. And so he just trolls the hell out of him <laughs> until he literally collapses on his horse and almost dies. Oh, 
I hope we get that in a future season. I really Please. hope so. I just want Please. him like Comedy Central roasting a dude until he falls over. I mean, that was kind of the reason like they brought Kabe That's in. True. That's not until later. It's somewhat similar and like a lot of stuff in this isn't one to one with like the timeline or romance of the three kingdoms, but yeah. I want to see Kong Ming just fucking roast a man alive. Absolutely. He would be the king of roasting a person. <laughs> he knows you on a deeply psychological level you don't know yourself. Mm-hmm. He roasts you so hard he becomes your therapist. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> hey, we're not on Kabe Taishin yet. Yes, yeah, that's, I know, that's We got a couple more episodes until he shows up. So, uh, <laughs> it is the music festival time. And Aiko's ready to go on. There is a uh, performer across the way. It's a band called Jet Jacket. Also, like earlier in the episode, you see Kong Ming buying Jet Jacket's album. So you could tell he's been researching. Mm-hmm. Um, on the wiki. On the wiki. <laughs> and so she's like looking at Jet Jacket and there's already people milling around. And she's looking at her little stage like, well, I'll do my best. I'll sing my best. And then owner and uh, Kong Ming are like, hey, bad news, Aiko. Our sound system's broken. Yeah, and he, they conveniently do this, like, right when the jet jacket guy came over to, like, say hi. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very purposefully they're giving out this information. Mm-hmm. Like, as a dude's coming over in order to scope them out. Mm-hmm. Specifically their rival coming over to scope them out. And they're like, oh, no! Aiko, our sound equipment's not working. And, of course, Aiko believes it because she hasn't been told otherwise. Mm-hmm. But Kong Ming and Owner are both in on it. Mm-hmm. And Owner's, of course, suspicious. He's like, shouldn't she just perform when she's supposed to perform? The audience is leaving. He's like, don't worry. It's all part of the devious little plan devious I thought of. little up. sussy plan. My sussy little plan. <laughs> See, you guys don't even know. I have a button on my stream deck that makes the Amogus noise. <laughs> If it wasn't wired in to only play through my headphones, I would have been blasting it all over the place by <laughs> but now. Future but. Star, edit it in now. <laughs> edit it in. <laughs> edit it in. <laughs> I literally use that shit in streams all the time. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Jet Jacket, like the, the main guy for Jet Jacket, he goes back to the band and he's like, yeah, she's a putz. We can take it easy today. She's not going to be any actual competition. So they start performing, um, and they do that. They mm-hmm. take it easy. Um, they do the thing where they bump up their the BPM really high, and then they're like, you know, we're taking it easy over there. They're still not singing. Uh, let's stop for a second and talk to our audience. It's important to note, too, that co- that they're also there on the before the big day because they have another big concert coming up. Yes. And the mm-hmm. audience is, like, screaming, like, yeah, we want uh, Piano Man, like, this big bombastic song <laughs> that really Piano puts a strain Man. on your voice. Piano Man! <laughs> I agree. Like, you see the main singer is, like, coughing a lot. He's like, hey, I'm going to take it easy this time. It's not like we have to worry about anything. And that way I can really let loose at this other concert later on. Mm-hmm. So they're taking it easy today. And then as soon as they, like, drop the BPM and, like, go to talk to their audience, immediately... Aiko's music starts working and she starts performing. And then all of the audience who was there for that guy, for like the Jet Jacket guys, all turn around and they're like, hey, there's music over there. Let's go listen to that music. Yeah, because it's not like they're going to play the song that they're all there to hear Jet Jacket for. So might as well go over Mm -hmm. and listening to like this big bombastic opening number, like ready to go. They put lights all in that big tree that was Mm going to be a problem as part of the stage. But now it's like (laughs) part of an advertisement for Aiko. 
Yes. Yeah, it, it very much reminds me, Sarah, I'm not sure if you actually did this, but I remember in college, um, some sort of strings got pulled and we ended up getting a SCAD student only um, red jumpsuit apparatus concert. Yes, I remember that. Um, and like none of us knew any of their other songs except for like the one song that was really popular and it was like the last one they did. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they knew that's what we were all here for. <laughs> Can't sing it first, otherwise no one will come or stick around for their next concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually did find a couple of new songs there that I liked. And I got yeah. I got the band to sign a CD for a friend who was a really big fan. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I haven't thought about that in years. Anyway, anime. Anime. <laughs> But yeah, so after after the concert, the Jet Jacket guys come over to like fight Kong Ming and they're like, hey, you son of a bitch, you did that on purpose to drag our audience away. And Kong Ming's like, I would do no such thing. I'm not the sussy little baka you're accusing me of being. But here is a gesture of good faith. Um, here's here's some good soup for you that it's will like, like help with he your like throat gives them Chinese, soup for your family. He gives them like Chinese traditional med like traditional Chinese yeah. medicine. <laughs> like Mm-hmm. Yeah, like specifically, he's in- like, "Hey, here's this recipe. It should help because I know your throat's been hurting recently, and it's been limiting your performance." Like he ingratiates and- <laughs> themselves into their good graces by doing like something genuinely nice for them. Yeah, and it was sweet. And I like again, probably gonna come back in season two if we ever get mm-hmm. a season two. Please give us a season two. Yeah. I want more of the show. It's so good. Um, but yeah, and so this is actually the part um, as the Jet Jacket boys are leaving. Um, the, man, the owner comes up and he's like, wow, that was surprisingly civil. And Kong Ming's like, yes, this is lucky that we're, they were just lucky that this is not a time of war or I would have had to mount their heads on sticks outside of the bar. <laughs> you know. Show dominance. That should do. <laughs> you know. You know, just, just Kong Ming things. But- <laughs> in this way, like, he's been able to find an ally out of an enemy, which he mm-hmm. does quite a few times throughout the story as well. But, like, by knowing which people be more useful as allies rather than pissing them off like he it's a much better outcome overall but at the very end Kong Ming's like oh it looks like the main challenge has arrived and you see a guy an old guy a guy wearing sunglasses I think yep I'm pretty sure he's only in this one episode so I forgot he's in in the (laughs) next episode too but well, yeah, episode but... four, chan chan a chiki chiki bam bam a chiki chiki. Every time, every time, we're, it's just we're setting a precedent. We have to do that every time we move on to the next episode. We have Star, to play the transition I, stinger. I hope you understand that I'm doing the hand thing too. No, I am too. I am too. Me three. <laughs> we're all doing it. We're all of one mind. So you can't. John, 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 You mean of one brain cell? <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. We are all of one brain cell here on this podcast, shared here amongst three people. Girl. Shared, sh- star, <laughs> shared among us. Wow. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Episode four. Aren't you glad you wanted to record a podcast with us, Athena? Yes. This is Yay! funny as hell. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, so it turns out that this guy um, is the manager of not only this festival, but multiple festivals like around the world, I think mm-hmm. they say, not just Japan. He's very, very influential, and he is very impressed that Eiko was able to draw such a big crowd as a first-time performer to that stage that's notoriously bad at getting people to 
like watch and it. And there is also a gag here where uh, he just kind of like makes gestures and he has his assistant interpret for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he is like, okay, I want to help you out. I want to, perf- I want you to perform at some more festivals that I run. I'm giving you two options. The blue pill or... <laughs> or the, the the blue business card or the red <laughs> business card. Uh, and so he gives her the option. It's like, okay, so the first business card is the contact for the organizer of a festival that's approximately the same size as this one would be a good boost to your career. The second business card is the contact for the guy who does recruiting for a f- huge festival called Summer Sonia that has like 100,000 attendees or something like I think, no, 300,000. Yes. It's like it's the also, Coachella of that environment. Yes, and it's also yes, ex- introduced... Ego mentions it like in previous episodes where she's like, I like to be in this big international competition or at least Summer Sonia. So Ego has already yeah. thought about it before. Yeah, we, we've heard it. We've heard mm-hmm. the name before. Um, but the catch is that with Summer Sonia, she has to win a contest. Getting the person's contact would give her the right to enter the contest, but she still has to win the contest. So there's a chance that if she loses, she w- she ends up with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, oh God, which do I pick? Which do I pick? Um, go big or go home, right? Um, and so she picks the Summer Sonia option, the bigger festival. Mm-hmm. So the contest that she has to enter, and we get this info scattered through the next couple of episodes, but I'll just go ahead and say it right now just to make it easier, I think. Mm -hmm. So the contest is a whole bunch of different, like, musicians are all in the running. And the first musician to get to, like, 100,000 likes on, like, their entry page uh, for the contest, uh, they're the ones who are given the right to perform. So not only do you have to hit 100,000 likes, you have to be the first one to hit 100,000 likes because there can only be one winner. And so after she takes this offer, she's like, okay, Kong Ming, how do we do it? And he's like, I don't know. That's going to be hard. He's like, that's going to be pretty difficult. And she's like, but that's what I have you for. And he's like, I know. So the 100,000 likes when it was introduced, Athena pointed out, and a lot of people noticed, uh, it is... Uh, a hundred thousand is a big buzzword for Kong Ming things because of the hundred thousand arrows. Athena. Oh, is 100, it? hundred thousand upvotes, if you will. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of like the big things that like people who know Romance of the Three Kingdoms, this is one of the big pivotal events. Is... And isn't this like, they mentioned this in like the last episodes, like this is yes. the strategy yes. that he uses. So Correct. this does get brought up later. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely... uh, the borrowing of a hundred thousand arrows. Um, so at one point, uh, Liu Bei and Zhuge Liang are having to lie low um, as guest of another general. Um, they are not wanted there. <laughs> they And Zhuge Liang, as he is often wont to do, is pissing off another dude uh, by making him look <laughs> stupid in comparison. Um, so the guy's like, look, if you're so fucking hot, here's what you can do. You can go and get me 100,000 arrows in 10 days because we're low and we have to do this big battle with Cao Cao coming up very soon. So good luck with that. Um uh, Oh, and if you fail, I get to chop off your head. Uh, Same thing as not getting into <laughs> the festival. Long being the guy that he is, he's like, I'll do it in three days. It's fine. It's fine. And so for oh, two- wait, but then the, the, the three days, because yeah. that's, a, oh, that's yep. what they get at the end of the, oh, Correct. I get it. And I get to it. to further provide a metaphor, for the first two days, he's doing nothing. He's just like lazing about, <laughs> like just window shopping. The person who's pissed off being Zhou Yu is like, uh, dude, I've really trounced this guy now. There's no way he's going to pull this off. He was just talking big to get me to back out. 
Night of Day 3. Zhuge Liang and another guy called Lu Su, who's they've been buddy-buddy for most of this time, go out on uh, about 20 large boats. And they get a couple of shoulders just to, like, make it go. And they get a bunch of uh, figurines made out of straw and just put them on the top of the boat. They start playing war drums. They're going in. They're going ham. They're like, hey, we're going to be invading Sao Sao. Look at all these people we have in a bunch of war boats. Um, Sao Sao seeing them coming in is like, oh, fuck, here's a bunch of dudes. Uh, yeah, just fire a bunch of arrows at them. We can see them coming from like 30 miles away, right? Arrows just start raining in. If it wasn't already night, like they would be blocking out the sun like that one scene. And they start coming in. Boof, boof, boof. The boat is like a porcupine at this point. And they just turn around and go away. They're like, all right, mission Bye. accomplished. Cool. <laughs> and like quite literally, it talks about them just drinking in the hole of one of the ships as they come back, like laughing, their like laughing their heads off. So Shugelon comes back. Them. Boats are fucked up. There's arrows everywhere inside of these straw figurines that are sitting out on the top. And he's like, hey, I got your arrows. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your fucking arrows, mate. Yeah, she Bye. can't kill me, lol. So the when the one hundred thousand <laughs> likes specifically with that number was announced, like Athena, yes. and no, also no, it was like it was highly specific and suspicious. Everyone like, was All like, right, hmm. "Yeah, this is a reference. <laughs> this will happen. This will. This is a knowledge that will come back later." I just I love when you can tell that someone is just so passionate about something that they're writing a story. Oh about. yeah, no, in like. You can see because, like, they keep making constant references with, like, the owner is quizzing uh, Kong Ming on different things that have happened throughout history or, like, the red hair jokes just as, like, background things for people in yeah. the know. Like, they're mm -hmm. making it because it's interesting to the people who wrote it. Yeah, it's like whoever wrote this has to have been, like, a fucking huge Three Kingdoms nerd. And then they've managed to make a way or find a way to write a story about that and make it modern and, like, appealing to a modern audience within, like, because fucking idol music nonsense is so popular right now. They took it and fucking ran with it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, good for them because it's a very good final product. It's a very good story. And they managed to, like, perfectly Venn diagram things that are popular right now, which is, like, the idol subgenre and, like, music performance and all that with this... I would argue probably kind of niche like thing that they are obviously very passionate about, which is three kingdoms lore. Yeah. Like and they, they just meshed it together. Disparate things, but they like pen pineapple, apple pen them together. <laughs> and it's much more interesting because of that. It's, it's just, it's, I, I, j I said it already, but I just love when you can tell that the person who is writing a story is passionate about the thing that they are writing about. It's just, it's, you can feel, it's an energy. Mm -hmm. It always like shines feel through. When you are, like, you can Absolutely. tell when people care about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just, it's so good. It's just, it's a good show, yeah. you guys. It's a good <laughs> show. And I'm like, I fucking love it. And I didn't know jack shit about Three Kingdoms. The only thing I know about Three Kingdoms is what they presented within the concept of the anime. Or also... Because um, they have like little inserts at the beginning of each episode where they talk about like, they give you like a 30 second spiel on what's going to be important in the episode. Yeah. Yes. And, like, um, they have a bunch of little things about, like, music production and, like, EDM sets and things mm -hmm. like that. You can tell these were various different interests that, like, mm -hmm. they genuinely liked a lot of the stuff and just wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just so good. It's so good. I like the show. Yeah. I like the show! Yeah! But now <laughs> we're going to start slowly adding to our cast of characters soon. Um, mm -hmm. So we have the 100,000 Likes Project. She's like, okay. 
we're doing this, so they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. Kong Ming's like, well, we can't do it on our own. We need a rapper. <laughs> and Aiko's like, what the hell do you mean we need a rapper? And then and he's like, <laughs> he's like, peace out, bye. I'm going to go look for a rapper. Yeah, and so he's gone for like most of this episode and to a point where Aiko kind of gets mad at him. She's like, we just agreed to do this big, huge deal of a contest and he's nowhere to be seen. He's out frolicking through clubs and just mingling with people. And I thought he was supposed to be helping me with this contest. Um, but then later she realizes, oh, he was out there mingling because he's gathering intel mm -hmm. and like trying, he's, he's making friends with people so that he knows how to get what he wants, basically, then, which is a rapper. <laughs> and then she's like, well, while you were out there partying it up, I've been kind of working on something. A new song? Question mark? Exclamation point. Yeah, so we hear just, like, the demo tape of her, mm -hmm. like, recording it, just playing with the acoustic guitar. And this this song ends up becoming the song that she sings at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't have a title just yet. Uh, so f the working title up until, like, the last episode is Roppongi Udon Shop, because they go to an Udon Shop in Roppongi when he shows her, or when she shows him the song for the first time. Yes. more of a location mm -hmm. than a title. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but then it is time for episode five. And it is now time for kind of a weird mini arc yeah. in the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's time to meet our boy Kabe. Kabe Taijin. Kabe Taijin. <laughs> So Kabe is um, a new character that we have to introduce. Um, how would you describe this boy visually? Anxious. Dweeby. Yeah. Anxiety he's, the character. <laughs> anxiety the character. Yeah. He's just, he's got like very smooth, like kind of black hair that's kind of long. Um, it's kind of like perfectly parted in between his face. Like, I feel like if he was translated to real life, his hair would probably be kind of greasy. Mm -hmm. He looks greasy. Um, yeah, he's got like dark circles under his eyes and just like everybody else has like the cute anime eyes. It's like big and emotional anime eyes. He's got the like the little dot eyes and I love that for mm -hmm. him so much. Yep. And he always <laughs> has the bags under his eyes. So we meet Kabe. Yes. And, and uh, Kabe is like this anxious little guy. He's just a little guy. He's just a little he's guy. A little guy. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like walking around and like doing freestyle. He's got like his hood on. He's like doing freestyle raps under his breath. Mm -hmm. um, and But he's like anxiety, the embodiment of anxiety. He like tries to talk to like a couple of people who he thinks are like, oh, are they like talking about rap stuff? Oh God, they're looking at me. Bye. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently he at least... Up until recently, it was, like, the top rapper in freestyle in Shubia. Mm -hmm. Until mm -hmm. the most recent battle where he was going up against Sekitoba Kung Fu. And Kung Fu. he had to call out because he had a stomach ulcer. No, he didn't call out. He passed, he passed out. out. Like, yes. He won. It was announced that he won, and he just fainted on stage. Which, like, and you f you th it's implied that the stomach ulcer is from stress, but also, like, every other scene, he's drinking an energy drink, and you're like, maybe you have a stomach ulcer for other reasons. Yeah, it's like, maybe you shouldn't be chugging so many monsters, my yeah. dude. Yeah. He, like, doesn't sleep at all. Yeah. 
But yeah, so so there's like a lot of different scenes of like just kind of introducing him as a character. He is like, it is well set up. It's maybe like the pacing of this episode is maybe a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we learn throughout the episode is that, yes, he's like the super good rapper. Um, he After he passed out, um on stage because of a stomach ulcer he's like i'm never gonna rap on stage again i can't do it i can't put myself through that stress anymore i i, I would die i can't do it but his rival the sekitoba kung fu guy i'm just gonna call him sekitoba which again and sekitoba kung fu he's like this really tall dude he does not look dweeby at all like muscular he has like a neck they, tattoo like, almost made him look like yakuza yeah. like that's the amount of intimidating he has coming off of him opposite of dweeby yeah. Like, this man would kick your ass. Yes. And meanwhile, Kabe is just, like, this little guy. Yeah, but the- He's just a little guy. But, but Kabe is, like, the, oh, fuck you, I'm never doing this again. And Sekitoba's like, young man, why won't you rap with me? But isn't, like, Sekitoba, like, constantly rapping? Yes, like, both, a little bit? both of them are yeah, a little no, bit constantly rapping. they're doing the same rapping. thing where they're, like, running lines through their head constantly to try and build mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Yeah, but, like, Sekitoba, I think you'd never hear him just say words. <laughs> no, I like, think he's he always, is always like, rapping. talking in, like, a metered verse, yeah, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it is, metered verse. That's the word I was looking for. So, <laughs> Sekitoba, the whole time, is trying to get Kabitaijin to get back on the scene. Kabi Taijin's. He's like, or um, Seki Toba's like, fight me in the street, meet me behind the Denny's for an ass kicking, bro, <laughs> like the whole time. And Kabi's just like trying to ignore him because he's like, no, I don't want to rap anymore. I'm done. I quit. I'm gonna go do my laundry now. Bye. Seki Toba's like blowing up his phone like a bad ex. <laughs> but at the laundromat, who was there but your boy Kong Ming in a tracksuit? Your boy Kong Ming. How long do you think he's been waiting there? He knew. As long as it took. <laughs> as long as it took. He's been like sitting there for like days waiting for Kabi. It's like he's got to do his laundry eventually. And I know this is where that little punk does his laundry. And I'm going to sit in here and I'm going to do my laundry every single goddamn day until this little twink shows up and then I'm going to rap at him until he wants to fight me. <laughs> so, but basically, ca- is- basically Kaming's like, hey, I know who you are. There's going to be a rap battle at BB Lounge. Fight me. <laughs> fight, yeah, rap battle against me, bro. And Kabe's like, Come no, me, you're scrub. weird, bye. <laughs> uh, and also, um, uh, Kaming does like rap at him, but it, they describe mm-hmm. it more as like him saying it like a Chinese sutra. Yeah, it's like yeah. metered verse poetry that he's <laughs> rapping at him. It's super interesting. It's and also like the translators worked so hard yes. on this. They did so good. God, like the dub of that is going to be a thing. The um the also it's fun because like in the laundromat you get like the the sound of the laundry machines being the backbeat. Very clever. Like it slowly morphs, like the background almost starts becoming like a backdrop for what he's saying and stuff like that. Like it, yeah. it's implied that it's almost like a spiritual experience for Kabe Taijin getting his ass kicked. But yeah, so that that that's pretty much what we get for episode yes. five. And because um, a lot of it is spent on like Kabe's whole backstory yes. told throughout through various forms of exposition. But yeah, so moving on to episode six. <laughs> episode six. So Kabe ends up going to the club on the day of the rap battle, but he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch. I'm not gonna make myself known. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna rap battle this weirdo. Uh, I totally just, don't want to be gonna... here, Baka. <laughs> and then Eiko goes on stage, and she has been told by Kong Ming to sing a very specific song. 
and this very specific song sends Kabe into a into a into a flashback <laughs> for like half the episode. <laughs> so where we learn how like he in school he was awkward around girls and other people and he didn't really have any friends because he was too awkward and anxious. Um, but one of his classmates, um, and who was like also kind of lower on the social ladder, um, was actually like into doing like these freestyle rap, like group gatherings. Uh, they call them ciphers, mm-hmm. where just like, I, I actually, fun fact, um, some of my students used to do this. Oh, I love that. Um, when, so like, I, I used to go to the combini down the street, like every single day for lunch. And when I would get back from lunch, Every day, without fail, a group of, like, boys that I recognized from one of my English classes would be, like, outside by the bike racks doing a little rap circle. And I'm like, aw, look That's at them go. Really That's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> no, it's, it's it, it was, it was like super it was like cute. Half social gathering and half, like, almost like a brain teaser for yeah. themselves and, like, messing around the same way that, like, yeah. you people would play sports together or something like that yeah. as a way to, like, playfully rib each other sometimes. Yeah, but no, this is actually absolutely a thing because I saw some of my students do it like every single day, oh. and I never acknowledged them. Yeah, that's super I just rad. I would just like nod at them, and sometimes they would wave to me, but when they were doing it, but it was just very cute and very wholesome little rap boys at my high school. I love I that. that. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, so this is like an actual thing that people do. Um, and so he like gained all these friends and he learned about rap and they introduced him to like Sekitoba's rap. And then he's like, wow, I love Sekitoba's raps. He's so good. And then it leads into like him starting to compete. And then he beats Sekitoba and he's like, oh my God, what do I do now? But then of course he had his little meltdown Mm -hmm. and now he's like, but I can't go back to that anymore because I I can't handle the stress of it anymore. I can't do it. Because he feels like he's on a hot fire anymore. I can't handle it. Because he feels like he has the pressure to win every time too is mm-hmm. is a, it's definitely showing like he's like he's the like competition his ability to rap with his own self exactly yes that's perfect yeah. way to describe it that's a, that's a very good way mm-hmm. of describing it yeah um but he's about to leave he's like i can't i shouldn't be here i should leave um but then of course the spotlight goes kachunk onto him and kong ming is up on the stage like what's up bitch listen i've never been in a rap battle before but i'm so good at it i bet it's impossible for me to lose and kabe said what the fuck did you just say to me you little shit (laughs) so they rap back and forth at each other and it very much is like you know whenever there's a rap in one of these shows uh their rap is their feelings Yeah, their their rap is a th- it's a therapy session yes. told through rap. Um, battling. It was cool when and this- the, like the people they got to do it like yes. are so good. Like they're mm-hmm. genuinely talented at doing it. I I mm-hmm. a few things from when it came out. This is from my memory and me reading it back then. One is the localizers. Uh, English was localized on High Dive. Um, one of the localizing translators taught had like I had a whole Twitter thread on like how they made the rap work. In English oh. as a translator, and yeah, because like it yes. rhymes in English, like in the translation, mm-hmm. in the subs, yes. yeah. So it seemed, first of all, very difficult, and second of all, like the person like was very interested in rap anyways, and took a lot of like theory from raps to make it work, which is cool. Like mm-hmm. they knocked it out of the park. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I cannot wait to. I want to watch the dub of that so bad, but I I'm really not sure if this well. episode is out yet. And then the other thing I saw is Kong Ming's voice actor, the Japanese one. I don't know if they're gonna translate the rap into English or other languages. 
Um, apparently the first time they recorded it, he was too good, and that's when they started putting, like, making him be a little bit slower at it. <laughs> yeah, because, like, he's, he's, like, half singing the whole time. Like, he's doing, like, traditional Chinese metered verse poetry. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's literally Kong Ming. Like, he's doing what he already knows how to do, and just, like, adapting his lyrics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so speaking of that, so the contest is, like, they say, okay, do three verses back and forth at each other, Kabe goes first, or uh, Kong Ming goes first, and then rap battle it out. And so, like, the first two verses that each of them do is just kind of, like, you know, your standard rap battle, like, kind of trash-talking mm-hmm. each other a little bit, but they're sneaking in a lot of, like, references to, like, the Three Kingdoms um, lore and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the last one, uh, the very last verse, or no, it goes into, the like, it, they do their three mm-hmm. each, and then they're tied, so they do more. Um, but the very last verse that Kong Ming does, he actually, like, kind of stops rapping for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he just slows it down and, like, actually does, like, poetry reciting. Yeah. He legitimately recites a sutra. <laughs> uh, and it's talking, the su- if you, like, translate it into plain English, it's talking about how it's like, I found a new path in life that I'm able to follow and commit myself to. And Kabe, I think that you should do the same, that kind of thing. Kabe ends up getting kind of flustered and he pauses and ends up like kind of flubbing his response. Um, but then he's able to respond by saying, it's like, you're right. I think I should be able to find a new direction too. I'm back on my game. Let's fucking go. And then he wins. Um, and the audience just fucking loses their My minds new direction cause... is kicking your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like, it's hard to describe because you know, it's like a fucking rap battle. Mm-hmm. How are we going to like talk about that? He's like, we're not going to break down each individual line. It's very good scene. Go watch yeah. it. It's good shit. We need, we need a Saki Zombieland Saga and Kabe Taijin collaboration is what we need. Yes. Yes. God, yes. yes. God, yes. God, yes. But yeah, so afterwards... Oh, there was... A, we forgot to mention this, but um, Kong Ming, when he issued the rap battle challenge, he says, if you win, then I will grant you a wish. But if I win, you must join our cause. Um, anyway, so Kong Ming loses, and they're talking about this afterward, and Kabe says, is like, well, I want a bajillion dollars. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't actually want that. Um, and I, I can't remember because I didn't write it down, but I think he says something along the lines of, I've kind of already had my wish granted because I think I refound my passion during that, mm-hmm. which I think was sweet. But then Kong Ming is like, well, do you, do you want to join us anyway? Yeah. <laughs> and Kabe's like, sure. <laughs> and then later owner's like, wow, that's crazy. How'd, how'd that work out in your favor? And then Kong Ming's like, well, I have a spy. <laughs> Well, not only he has a spy who's like a huge fan of Aiko, and you see, we never learn this character's no, name. He's, he's a nerd. But you, he's just some like your very stereotypical like dweeby nerd character designed with a bowl cut and big glasses mm-hmm. and Aiko, an I heart Aiko shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like he works for pics of Aiko, which is sus, but you know whatever gets the job yep. done. It's not like he's asking for nudes. It's literally just pictures of her just chilling. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, he also said, he's like, yes. And then also um, I told the bartender that when Kabe came in, he should spike whatever drinks he orders uh, with this other like ancient Chinese medicine for stomach pain (laughs) because he has a stomach ulcer. And so maybe now he'll like feel better and feel more confident after rapping against me. And then he'll want to join our group. (laughs) So it was all a trap. The end. The end. But no, it's like, it's so fucking good, though. It's mind games, mind baby. Games. It's a combination of I like, here's the factors I could control, but also taking the risk of like, if I throw this, but still get through to him, he's going to want to join still. 
Yes, 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 yes. yes. Good shit. Mind game. Episode seven. We're going to do it every yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, the end result of that is we love Akabe. <laughs> um, so he starts performing at the club with Aiko, which is very cute. Yes. I wish. So, okay, 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 okay. So I'll talk about this a little bit now and I'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. My one, again, it's not a beef mm-hmm. uh, with the show. It's just the thing that I wish they had done more of. It kind of is Kabe. Because, like, here, yeah. here's the thing about Kabe. Here's the thing about Kabe. He has his whole arc. But his arc is pretty much entirely separate from Eiko's. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes off and has character development away from the rest of the cast for most of the show. Mm-hmm. And then you find out kind of towards the end of the season, like, I guess the only real reason that they wanted a rapper is for one thing in, like, the final confrontation. Because otherwise, Kabe just kind of dicks around and does his own thing for, like, all the episodes he's featured mm-hmm. in. We can see he's become, like... Both a supporter, but also the fact that he has such name recognition tied to his name, like, is also enhancing Aiko. Because it's now true. they're like, oh, she's working with this legend. Why don't we go check that out? That's or like, true, we have to listen to this. I suppose they do That's show certainly true, that yes, there's more but... people at the club. But I agree it'd be fun if they had more collaboration. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, it's like I'm really hoping they work together more in the future. Yeah. I just, my thing is, I love Kabe. It's just most of the support he gives is in the background. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they could have used him more, yes. I guess. is my, That's my biggest complaint with this show. It's like, I love Kabe. I wish they had done more with more him Kabe. overtly in the show. <laughs> yes. More Kabe. I hope that they do like, he, Yes. He gets plenty of screen time. He has just as much screen time as Eiko does by the end of the show, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very much like the third main character, I would argue. But I feel like there was like, there's like one scene later and it might be, no, it's not in this episode. It's it's not until later, um, but I'll spoil it now because whatever. There's this one cute little scene where like Aiko's having trouble with her singing thing and Kabe's having trouble because he's getting ready for, spoilers, his eventual rematch with Sekitoba. And they're just like, have they have like this cute little moment and it's not romantic. They're yeah. just like hanging out and like they're both similar people going through similar problems and they like, do a little like improvised song together and it's really sweet and i'm like dang it i want them to be friends i want them to interact more than like a handful of times in the entire show and i'm like i just wish kabe like did more with the actual narrative you know because mm-hmm. like i love him he's a very good boy he's very well written i i want to see more of him contributing to the story yes. you know like the main story Aiko's story like the one that we're primarily here to see mm-hmm. I don't mind him getting his character arc. I love him getting his character arc because it was well written and it was very fun. But like, I wish it was tied in with the main plot a yes, little more. And that definitely you know? adds into the oh. whole, if there's a season two, that's something I want to see. Which again, I also have yes. not read the manga, so I don't know. But that would mm-hmm. be nice. Season Give two. Give us a season two. Season two. It's like, I just want Kabe and Eiko to be just like buds yeah. and just hang out. And I like, they don't need to be romantic. And in fact, I don't want them no, to be romantic. No, because Eiko has a girlfriend. I want them to be buds. She does. It's true. <laughs> so I didn't have to. <laughs> like, I just want Eiko and, um, Eiko and Kabe to be just like fucking bros yeah. and just hang out. And I want them to do like an actual collab yeah. song. And I, I love them. More. I love them. 
They do have good, like, friendship chemistry yes. with each other. They do, but we barely see Give us it! More. Well, we're we hoping for more. We barely see it. I know, we're hoping for more, but, like, we gotta get a season two first. Come on, show season two, season two, please. Please, anime <laughs> gods, I'm on my knees. Please, give me more of the good so, show. So, speaking of wanting more, Aiko needs yeah. more likes. <laughs> Hey, there we go. So this is the part where we actually get the breakdown of the 100,000 yes. likes. Event. And we are in our, this is kind of like the final arc towards getting the 100,000 yeah. likes. Well, it is literally the second half of, yes. this is the start of the second half of the anime too. So now it's time to get down to business. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Brass tacks. So you hear the rules, which is you have to have 100,000 likes. It has to be on one post. I assume on Pinstagram or whatever website for the Summer Sonia. And you have a, a certain deadline you need to do it by. Um, yeah. And Kong Ming's like, and here's our biggest competition. And he's showing, like, this group has, like, 66,000 likes on a post, but they've basically peaked because people are tired of their advertising. Actually, our real challenge is this girls' band group named Azalea. Because they and have... they've heard, like, Azalea stuff in the yes. background in previous episodes. Yeah, and there's been Azalea advertisements all over the anime up until now, so it's not an unknown mm -hmm. concept. And apparently Azalea, it's a girl idol band see idols yeah yeah and <laughs> there, there's, there's three of them and they have a weird gimmick they're from like a very like cutthroat agency so like a, an agency that's well known for like doing whatever it takes to get like the most popular stuff out there and also mm -hmm. their agency can i can i can i talk yes. about their agency for like two seconds their agency's name is key time mm-hmm and I'm like, is that a music joke? Or is it a play on key lime? Ooh, maybe both. I don't know, <laughs> but I really hope it's the second one because I like key lime I fly. <laughs> I like key lime fly. It's a good yeah, flavor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, it, they, he straight up says, because their main, and also their main singer named Nanami is a very good singer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure she won't be important in the show ever. Uh, I'm sure she won't come up later. This episode. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Don't spoil it, sir. Oh, my God. Uh, so Kong means like, so basically the rest are like, so what are we going to do? How are we going to beat Azalea? And he's like, well, we're going to wait to post until like the day before. Three, Three days, days before. Three days before, right, because Athena told us about the arrows. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so everyone's like, are you sure that's a good idea? And he's like, yes. And so what we're going to do is that you, until then, you are going to work and you are going to record a new song and we're going to use your Rapongi Udon Shop song that you wrote. And she's like, oh, but it's not finished yet. And he's like, I know. I've got a plan for that too. So he sends Eiko out to a recording studio and he gives mm -hmm. her these three bags and he's like, Eiko... When you feel stressed, open these bags. They're labeled in order, and it'll help you. And you have to open. <laughs> you have to open them in order and one at a time. Just when you feel stressed, open the bag. And she's like, "Okay." Opens she's all like, three bags. This isn't a reference or anything. Yes, Athena. What's no. it a reference to? <laughs> so this is another reference to *Romance of the Three Kingdoms*. Ooh. Wow, who would have known? Wow. Um. Because of a bunch of, like, political fuckery after Liu Bei starts taking territory from other kingdoms, he, um, 
is given uh, a proposition of marriage from one of the opposing general's sisters. He's like, hey, to create peace in this area, if we're going to work together, you should marry my sister. Right. Um, and so Liu Bei is like, mm, this is definitely a trap. And Zhuge Liang comes up and is like, yeah, absolutely. He's going to marry your sister. Uh, yeah, go hang out with Sun Chuan uh, and make sure you keep political things. Also, here's three bags. Open them in order. Don't worry about it. I got you. Liu Bei is like, I'm going to fucking die. Um, <laughs> so he goes, he get uh, gets married. And right before the ceremony, he opens the first bag and it says, hey, make sure you spread the news of you guys' marriage, even though it's just a political thing out to as many people as possible, like go screaming in the streets, telling people how much you're about to get married. He's like, all right, that's not sus. Um, and so <laughs> second one is, hey, make an excuse that this neighboring nation is about to go attack this territory that's now a part of Sun Chuan's area. Uh, and you need to go deal with it personally, along with your new wife. Liu Bei is like, all right, I'm about to be executed for trying to leave the stronghold, but okay. Third bag. Hey, you've got your new wife with you. Uh, use her influence over the soldiers that are now chasing you to be like, hey, you wouldn't portray me, right? Like, I'm the sister of your commanding officer. And they're like, yeah, that's true. Okay, you can go. And so he manages to get out of there. Political intentions intact because he never had open conflict with Sun Chuan while also stealing his sister as a wife. <gasps> so he stole the lady just like... Ego stole the lady. Spoilers. <laughs> but no, like the fact that like he's like, hey, here's the things that are going to happen in order. They might seem like they don't make sense until the very end. Look, I'm trying to use this That's to justify like my ship. Okay. <laughs> the true ship revealed. True ship revealed. There it is on the horizon. It's coming straight toward us. Look, this is canon. It's written down. <laughs> Athena's backing me up. But yeah. So so the three inside of the three bags um is just a handwritten note that says you should buy two of these jumbo puddings. And I will say, he was like, hey, open this when you're stressed. She leaves the building after talking to him and it's like, I'm stressed. Rip. <laughs> and just opens all three. No, it's fucking hilarious. Love yeah, her. no, it, it's a mood, trust me. Ego is so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she goes, she buys these three puddings. The second thing is like a permit to play on the street. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is a ticket to like a rooftop lounge type of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and so we'll see her like thinking about those and using those over the next couple episodes. But yeah, so on her way to go and meet the DJ who's going to be like, or not composing, but um, just like making the, mm -hmm. mixing, mixing her work, making the track for the song she's going to record. Uh, she goes to the convenience store. She buys two of these jumbo puddings. She goes up there and she meets the DJ. His name is DJ Steve. Steve Kiddo. I love that guy. <laughs> Steve Kiddo. <laughs> and he's like implied to be like this world renowned uh, dude. He's like a Steve Aoki sort of like yeah. person mm -hmm. who like you say their name in any country and people are going to recognize I wonder if he is a reference to Steve Aoki. Too. I would not be surprised. Mm -hmm. He looks kind of similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but he's yeah, very I, I eccentric just, like Steve Aoki is. yeah that's what I was thinking I th <laughs> what I thought was funny I don't know if you guys noticed this but when he hands uh, Aiko his business card his name is spelled S-T-E-A-V-E <laughs> Steve Steve <laughs> DJ Steve <laughs> but then the subs say just Steve, Steve. like you would expect it yeah. to be spelled it's like okay <laughs> he's Swedish it's pronounced Steve <laughs> Um, but yeah, so apparently Kong Ming made a deal with him um, that to produce Aiko's song. 
um, that if Aiko's song is like a super best hit, um, then he'll ha- then he has to do it for free. Um, but if it's not a super best hit, that Kong Ming is gonna start working for him instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, I like that bet. Let's do it. Um, but when Aiko gets there, he's like, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty unmotivated. Is that pudding I smell? <laughs> uh, and then Aiko's like, um, yeah. And he's like, give me those. <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm suddenly feeling motivated now that I have pudding in my hands. Mood. Go in the booth and show me what you can do. Impress me. <laughs> but specifically, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't want to hear your song yet. Uh, let's do something that like is a really common song everyone knows. Let's do I'm Still Alive Today. I want to hear you sing your version of it. Yeah, which is the song that she was singing at the beginning. It's the song by Maria Diesel mm-hmm. that inspired her to be a singer. So she sings it, and he basically tells her point blank. It's like... Yeah, you don't really have your own voice yet. Mm-hmm. Go out, find your own voice, and come back when you're ready to actually, like, sing for me. She gets mad. Yeah. Um, and so she goes around and is like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do about that? And while she's um, just kind of wandering around Shibuya, um, she overhears a girl on the street who's got, like, a drum kind of thing that she's, like, sitting mm-hmm. on, and she's, like, busking, and she's playing that same song, I'm Still Alive Today. Mm-hmm. But the cops. she starts to get bothered by the Bonking cops. Pigs. Wee woo, wee, wee woo. Um, and they're like, hey, do you have a permit? And then Aiko's like, oh no, that girl's getting hassled by the police. And she looks down and she's like, wait, I have a permit. Oh, hello, best friend. I brought the permit that you, we've totally had this whole time. It just, I just, I'm sorry I'm late. Officer, here's the permit that's totally ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the cops leave, satisfied, mostly. Um, and then the girl's like, hey, thanks. Um, those cops are still looking at us, though, so we should probably perform. You have a guitar on your back. Do you want to do it with me? And Aiko's like, okay. Yeah, so this um, time Aiko plays guitar. Um, and the other girl, who introduces herself as Nanami. Hmm. Um, mean has an N at the end. <laughs> totally incognito. Uh, it's like, hey, do you want to sing with me? Or I can sing on my own. And... Aiko's like, why don't you just sing on your own and I'll just play guitar? Yeah, I'll just listen. And she um, listens to Nanami sing and you hear Nanami's acoustic version of I'm Still Alive Today. Uh, her voice actress, mm-hmm. also amazing. Her singing voice. Yes, yes, yes. Both, are, uh, both of them just are great. All the singers in this show are so fucking good. Love it, <laughs> love, love it, it, love it, love it, love uh, it. And Aiko has an internal monologue like, wow, she has her own voice. Like she's singing the song. It's the same song, but it, she made it hers. I need to be like that. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to figure out how to do mm-hmm. that. And then at the end of the episode, we find out her name. Not me. And then they're just kind of like, we should do this again. Yay. Yay. Episode eight. Okay. So Aiko and Nanami start performing together on the street. They start busking together pretty frequently. Um, and we get a few, like, very, very heavy-handed hints <laughs> that Nanami knows of and does not care for Azalea. Hmm. I wonder why that is. <laughs> Certainly it has nothing to do with her being involved in the group in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back at BB Lounge, um, Kong Ming's like, hey... Kabe Taijin, it's about time you had your rematch, rematch with Sekitoba Kung Fu. Yeah, we actually, they actually had this conversation in the yes. episode before, but we kind of skipped over yes, it for the yes, flow. Yes. 
Um, but yeah, so Kabe is getting ready for his his fight. So like Aiko's off doing her thing, Kabe's off doing his own thing, and they kind of go back and forth yes. for the There's rest of the show. There's definitely a parallel much. where both of them are trying to find their own voice and figuring out like mm-hmm. they both have the direction they want to take in their life, but they're not sure how to get there yet. Yeah, and this is actually the scene I was talking about before where um, Eiko's practicing at the club, just kind of on her own, and then Kabe walks in, and she is singing the song that she's working on recording, and he, like, improvises it's a little so good. rap verse as part of the song. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of, like, talk about, like, each of their troubles, and they're like, but there's something still missing. What is it? And it's just, it's it's cute. Yeah. It's good. I love and them. And Eiko specifically is like, well, they always say if you're not sure how to go forward, you just go back to your roots. And she's like... But that's just what they say. I don't know what that would actually mean. And then Kabe Taijin's like, yes, you're right. I'll go back. Yeah, and he ends up like just going back to his hometown, which is just a different part of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he that we'll we'll get back to yes, that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so they perf- so Eiko and Nanami are performing again. Um afterwards they like go to a bathhouse and they like sing together and all the old people at the bathhouse are like applauding them. Mm-hmm. It's really it's like a cute little scene. Yes. Um Eiko falls asleep in the bath and has a nightmare that like she's climbing up this mountain, but the cop keeps getting further away and she feels like she's never gonna be able to reach it, and it's not a metaphor at all. No. <laughs> and you can also really tell that like Nanami seems like, you know, she's hiding something sad and dark, but, like, when she's with Eiko, she's all happy, and she's like, you know, I like this girl. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also, Kabe, like we said, he goes back to his old neighborhoods, and he runs into, like, the guy who got him into rap, like, his old school buddy. Yeah, it's super cute. Um, it's it's so sweet. It's just like you can tell that these two are really close mm-hmm. and it's an adorable little interaction. Just their banter back and forth is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kabe like kind of opens up to his friend and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do my rematch with Sekitoba, but I'm just super nervous about like not being able to win. And his friend's like, why are you so focused on winning? Just have fun like you used to. And Kabe's like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I need to stop focusing on winning. And just focus on having fun. <laughs> That's the secret. Secret. <laughs> and they have like another one of like the ciphers just on yeah. their bridge with the old gang again. It's really yeah, cute. like the whole all, the whole so group gets back together. Cute. cute and wholesome rap boys. I love it. Not like those edgy rap boys that I watched their show the other week. <laughs> that was a couple episodes ago. These are wholesome, cute boy- rap boys, not angry, fighty, fighty rap boys. <laughs> That, that's not a diss. That was a good show in its own yes. right, but it was weird. <laughs> it's fun and weird. Fun and weird. Fun and weird, and this is wholesome weird. and good and boys. also weird. <laughs> yeah. Also weird, but weird in a different way. Like a, a different, wholesome weird. fun way. Yes. Yeah, wholesome weird. Cursed um, in but concept, yeah, so eight... but not in practice. <laughs> Ac- absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what all of our finale Cursed mm-hmm. Idol October um, episodes end up being. Cursed in concept, not in actual yes, yes, content. Yes, yes, yes. True. Because, like, Zombieland Saga is fucking weird, but it's also really a good. very good show. <laughs> Your boy Kong Ming. Fucking weird concept. Very good mm-hmm. show. We gotta find more of these. If there's if the Zombieland Saga movie is not out by next year, and this show does not have um, uh, an anime out, or a second season out by next year, we're screwed. Yeah, we'll figure it out. There'll be something. <laughs> we gotta find I'll more cursing in the streets. <laughs> God, right? Um, also, something small at the end of this episode. Uh, like every so once in a while, Kong Ming's doing like fortune telling, uh, and at this mm-hmm. one, he's like, "Oh, my fortune says that 
in addition to challenges on the horizon, there's also friendship, and I'm not expecting that, which is just kind of showing, like, I think he intended the idea that, like, even if he intended Nanami and Ego to meet each other, he was not intending them to get close as friends. It's like, oh, what is this going to do? Mm. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but yeah, so Find out next time. <laughs> on ya boy Kong Ming! Gotta be Kong Ming! Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> tequila! That's the... <laughs> <laughs> it's like tequila like the Princess Jellyfish. Kalara. Oh, oh I, I completely, that whiffed right over <laughs> my head. <laughs> but yeah, so just at the very end of this episode, um, like Eiko and Nanami are talking some more. Uh, Nanami offers to give Eiko some like singing tips. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of let you see her like give tips during their various street performances. And then Eiko is feeling more confident. She's feeling bolstered. And she goes back to the recording studio to talk to Stiav again. <laughs> and Stiav is like, well. Wait, Sarah. Oh, right. Okay, now you can talk about it. So, Stav listens to Echo sing, and he's like, well... You definitely have your own voice now, which is good. You're not, like, doing the breathy R&B thing that Maria Diesel does. You're doing your own thing. But it feels like you're missing something. It feels like you're not really singing for who you want to sing for. Here's my vague concept Mm -hmm. I'm throwing at you by. (laughs) Yeah, and so while she's off getting that, we actually see at the very start of this episode, uh, Nanami gets a call from her manager. Mm -hmm. Because she's got a manager, apparently. And the manager says, is like, hey, I've heard you've been performing on the streets with some hussy. <laughs> Cut that shit out. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Bye. Beep. Mm-hmm. Evil manager. And then, like, an Azalea truck drives past on the street. And when the truck is gone, so is Nanami. It's like, we know. We get it, yeah. Joe. <laughs> what do we get? She's in Azalea. What? <laughs> <laughs> Starla, you didn't tell me. (laughs) How long have you known? (laughs) How long have you been planning on doing this to me? (laughs) Oh, gee, many Christmas. Okay, well, anyway. So, so Echo goes back to Nanami. And she's like, Nanami! The fucking DJ says I still suck! And then Nanami's, like, trying to hide her inner toy royal and being like, yeah, life sucks. Yeah, don't you just hate music people in the industry? God, they they sure do suck. Wow. Yup. Anyways, to get our mind off Mm -hmm. of things, why don't we go on a date? Yeah, and so um, the third pouch that uh, Kong Ming gave Aiko had the ticket to like the little sky sky deck lounge, mm-hmm. and so Aiko's like, "Hey, let's go here," um, and so they go to there, and it's covered and, uh, in Azalea advertisements. It is covered in Azalea advertisements, including a blimp. Yeah, which are blimps still being made, especially in Tokyo. <laughs> especially in Tokyo. But I mean, it makes whatever. for a dramatic shot. If not it was else. so dramatic. It made for an amazingly dramatic uh, shot, yes. What happens is uh, Nanami's like, hey, Eiko, there's something I've been wanting to tell you. And then Eiko's like, you're totally industry, right? Like, I can tell you're definitely in the industry. And she's like, actually. And she turns around. 
and the Azalea blimp goes by, and she's like, I'm the lead singer and bassist of Azalea. Ta-da! <laughs> and that's actually what she does. She goes, ta-da, ta-da I'm in Azalea. Yeah, like, you can tell that she's burnt out. I don't hate out. this. <laughs> yeah. Throw tomatoes at me if you will. And you could then she's like, I'm so sorry, Ego. I wasn't trying to keep it from you because I didn't like you. I was actually trying to keep it from you because I hate that I'm in Azalea. And I feel like I can be myself when it's just me and you and not like the Azalea me. Mm-hmm. But it's not because she hates her band. It's that tragic backstory Wahoo! flashback time. Time for a really messed up part of the story. Yeah. Oh, yes. So basically, you find out that all three girls who were in Azalea, they were all in a band together in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were super popular in their high school. Everybody loved them. And so the girls were so bolstered by that. They're like, oh, my God. We want to keep doing this forever. So they moved to Tokyo and they tried to do music and they just couldn't make it work. Like they were performing at live houses, but they would have to like shell out money for tickets that didn't get sold at the live house, which I I guess how that mm-hmm. works. I, I guess depending on a contract, but it's probably yeah. like a collateral thing. Yeah, and so they ended up, like, all having to take on part-time jobs in order to be able to afford to live in Tokyo and also, like, pay for the tickets they don't sell when they're performing at their live houses and they just are not doing well and they're getting really discouraged. And then the producer from Key Time shows up and he's like, you want to make it in this industry? You're never going to make it in this industry unless you sign with me and I'll make you successful. And all the girls are like... dude and they storm out and then they try and go back and do their music again and they just again just get so beaten down by their lack of success they end up crawling back to this producer guy and they're like hey we're sorry we did we said what we said before please make us successful yeah but to do so and he's like you go but to do so he's like i will let you in but you have to do everything my way because the way you're doing things now, you're not going to make money. Yeah, and so he basically says, you have to jump when I say jump. You have to only sing songs that I produce for you. You have to wear these stupid, sexy, gross Mm -hmm. outfits. And also another thing about Azalea is that all the girls wear masks, Mm -hmm. which is a weird concept for an idol group, but I guess if it works, it works. They're like vaguely bdsm flavor too it's very uncomfortable yeah no like there's a lot of like shot there are shots specifically to make the viewer uncomfortable Mm -hmm. no like it's very clear that like they don't like this and you shouldn't either because it's like definitely like there's fan service in this anime like quote-unquote fan service like there's sexy shots but they are not sexy in a sexy way they're like sexy in the oh this is not comfortable in the oh <laughs> this is unfortunate and unpleasant and i feel so sorry yes. for these girls that they are being shot in this fashion type exactly. of way and that's very yeah. much what the azalea girls are and but the problem is that doing that made them extremely successful mm-hmm. they are like they got what they wanted they got success but at got at what cost yeah. so at this point and- nanami is dead inside <laughs> Yep. And so she's like, I would, uh, there's part of me that wants to just quit, but it's not just the three of us anymore. 
we have a whole agency backing us and a lot of money is changing hands. And if we drop, we're going to be letting down all of these people who have been working to support us and create like all of our gigs and our songs and our music and like all the people we are working for basically. These people have jobs like due to us and Mm -hmm. now we're responsible for them. Yeah. It's like, if we quit, all these people are going to be unemployed. And so she feels kind of trapped in that situation, which fucking sucks. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. And then back in our current time, uh, Ego's thinking to herself, like, wow, like the last few days I've been hanging out with Nanami and she's been listening to all my troubles and worries and saying everything's going to be okay while she was going through all of this shit. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I want to do for her what she's been doing for me. I want to give her like her inspiration and her heart back basically. And she's like, Hey, Nanami, listen to me sing. Yeah. And so she like, just, she sings that same song as before. Um, but you can tell, like, it's different now. Yeah, than it was the, the singer last time is so. Sing this, she, this voice actress. Because she's singing for not. But also, like, uh, you, can, you can tell with, like, from the singer, like, she's singing a different. And it's not like the other ones are bad. It's oh, not, everybody in this whole show is so, so good. good. Definitely the only uh, 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 p- problem with the scene, though, is there is the Milky Way, and they are in Tokyo, and there's no way they could see yeah, that. Yeah, no, I thought. I thought <laughs> exact same thing is like with all the light pollution in downtown tokyo they would not be able to see that many you wouldn't be able to see any, any stars. stars at all but it's an anime that's whatever the most part of this anime um, <laughs> yeah. yeah fair enough it's like yeah we have what like the main character is a tactician who is isekai from like ancient china whatever no nah, that that's that's plausible seeing the milky way at night in tokyo that's Bullshit! <laughs> um, and then after Eiko sings, she's like, hey, Nanami, um, I didn't tell you everything either. I'm part of that 100,000 likes project too, and I know that we're rivals. But I also know now who I want to sing for, and it's for you, and it's for all the people in this world. I want to give them mm-hmm. hope like music gave me hope. I want to like give them another reason to live. And I feel like it's something I've noticed on my second watch through, but like definitely the idea of like a death and rebirth are like a big theme mm-hmm. here so like the isekai is like thematically intentional um because Eiko <laughs> had her low point where she almost committed suicide and then she had her rebirth through music and uh Kabe mm-hmm. Taijin uh he even like raps about how he's the phoenix rising from the ashes and then there's mm-hmm. that's a big thing and Ming literally died yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then the- yeah Nanami's dead inside and <laughs> yeah. like wants to give up entirely but now like she's finding a different reason and then the central mm-hmm. song being i'm still alive today and in english it's all like mm-hmm. i i'm still alive despite everything and that's definitely the main mm-hmm. theme despite despite everything it's still yeah you. yeah yeah, <laughs> don't mind that Undertale <laughs> reference. <laughs> you were getting on me about my reference. <laughs> yeah, because you referenced Homestuck. Fuck off. <laughs> Undertale's like good. Oh, oh, oh here's, here's, spicy, this spicy, episode, spicy. Zero viewers, holy shit. Too spicy in the chat. Here's the hot take <sighs> about Athena's Homestuck. Where's the hot take Amogus alert? <laughs> deep dark secret that i know about athena is that neither of us have really read homestuck we just know references i got like neither have i i only read the first part before i got bored and i stopped Uh, (laughs) although you you can get to sweet pro and hella jeff at least what i will say to 
swerve us away from talking about Homestuck. <laughs> and <everything>, God. <laughs> but what I what I will say is that um I saw a comment on a YouTube video because I was just like kind of going through mm-hmm. um while I was babysitting my computer while YouTube videos were uploading. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like going through like YouTube and like listening to all the songs and rewatching the music scenes. And there was this one comment I saw that really stuck out that said, um, the show has to constantly remind you of the <laughs> like concept that one of the main characters is a reborn like army general and tactician. Yeah. Because it's so well yeah. written that you forget half the time if they don't keep reminding so they, you. I mean, basically. So they do remind you after all of this because Kong Ming just shows up next to her and is like, oh, that was so moving. And she's like, when did you get here? I've been here the he's whole like, time. I but was no, in like, the mascot costume. God, and like that whole scene too where she's singing, one, the singer absolutely kills it, but also it's mm-hmm. like the whole like, this is a big D Daisuke moment of, hey, you're my new reason to pursue hey, my passion. She, she does say big uh, D Daisuke, so. They big do. Big D Daisuke, capital D Daisuke, baby. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> They're so the reason good. for each other singing. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, it's just such a good song yeah. too, and it's in English, so I've like it's been stuck yeah. in my head. It's really good. I'm still alive too. I would have it stuck in my head if I didn't have chan chan a chiki chiki Speaking of next episode, next episode, episode ten. So it is time for another Kabe episode, my boy, my boy. But yeah, so um, we see just kind of like a little bit of the main three, our triforce of musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Kabe, who's feeling better after reconnecting with his old rap buddies. We see Eiko, who's still trying to work on her song. Uh, we see Nanami and the rest of the Azalea girls prepping for the uh, like some big concert mm-hmm. eventually. Um, and we see Eiko finally go in to record. Um, and the DJ, DJ Steve, mm-hmm. Steve, Says, Aiko, you're finally good enough to record. I dig it, but you need to come up with a better title for this yes. song because <laughs> Rapongi Noodle Shop is it's shit. Come up yeah, with yeah, a better yeah. song title, please. Um, so while she's thinking about that, we find out about um, Key Time, uh, the Azalea manager's evil scheme. He also looks to get them of, to win the he 100. He looks like an old light like, Yagami. Like he, the manager looks like light. He, that's who he looks like, though! But if he was older wrong. and he didn't have eyebrows, he's like Yagami. No, you're not wrong, though. That is, like, I was sitting here thinking, like, who the fuck does this look like? He literally does, though. He has, like, the same fucking hair. He looks like Light Yagami, but he was cursed with a... He, he like, he had a curse placed on him to make him look kind of like one of the evils. Yeah. But, like, old and evil. And no eyebrows. Oh, I want no to make a, I want to make a video game reference so bad, but no one else has played it. <laughs> do it. Play. Do, do it, it for whoever in the audience has played it. He looks like a shitty Wesker. <laughs> hey, I know who that is because you cosplayed him. No, like you don't know like what I'm trying to refer to, but it's not. <laughs> Athena, you think the people in our audience haven't played Resident Evil? No, I mean Evil? like you two. <laughs> oh yeah, it's you too, too spooky. Too spooky. You forget that we have dozens of listeners for our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm willing to bet at least one of them has played Resident Evil, and no, no, I know no, no. who I mean, Resident. Like, for you two, the people I'm talking with on this podcast. 
I know who Wesker Resident Evil is because one of my artist friends has a, is trying to destroy him, and I drew her a picture at IkiCon so that she could add to the hate shrine of Wesker that she has. It's very weird and fun. <laughs> so I know what this punk looks like. You were cosplaying him when I met you the first time. <laughs> well, not the first time. A time. Like, it was around there. A time, like one of the first, I think it was like the second time we ever hung out, you were literally cosplaying Wesker. <laughs> anyway. Light Yagami. He's evil. He's so evil. That's all he, we need He to looks know. like so many evil people we've just described. He looks like you just stuck a bunch of evil people in a blender and hit go. He's evil, like Wesker, and Light, and the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> He just has like just this, this, Listen, it's just the shape of his hair mostly. It's just I mean, it kind of fluffs out in a weird way that reminds me of the bowl cut that like some of the Beatles. He does have guys similar clothes to the, the Beatles too. That also too, yeah. I cannot claim that I know and things he also about the sucks Beatles. Spicy hot take alert on our podcast. I will go on record on record dunking on the Beatles. But angry angry Beatles manager is like, hey, we're doing this hundred thousand likes project and uh we came up with a marketing scheme and you girls are gonna get it real easy. We're gonna put out a thing where like there's gonna be an event with a QR code and if people like your posts they can like win a million yen, you know, it'll be cool. Yeah, and they're picking like a hundred people to win and it it's like Literally as close as you can get to buying likes without actually buying likes. And I was mad about this at first because I was thinking about like all the social media campaign contests that I've like mm -hmm. seen and considered running in the past of like, yeah, he's literally buying likes that they're, that's grounds for disqualification. Like but they then call I realized, it out on that too. <laughs> yeah, like they could probably reasonably get away with the technicality of they were not buying likes. These people entered and liked the post for their own like benefit with the motivation of money mm -hmm. but it was one of those like you are not guaranteed to win we are not actively paying you for likes you are liking for the chance at winning money therefore it is not a direct exchange of currency yeah. for likes yeah and like they point out it's like look if you have to be all te well technically we aren't cheating like technically mm -hmm. we're buying things it's like you're doing it the wrong way yeah, it's like, it's still throwing your money around to win a contest, and it's fucking shitty to do. Anyway. Uh, so after we find that out, it is now time for the Kabe Sekitoba face-off! And it's a wrap where they say their feelings. <laughs> yep, they wrap about their feelings. Uh, but it is... Rap therapy. But it is very solidly, like, Kabe Taijin's, like, official, like... I do deserve to be in the top place. He does win. It's actually really cute because he wins, but he wins in a way where he's like, yeah, I went down. I did bad, but I'm back. Like, I'm here. I uh -huh. I came back despite everything. And then he drops his final mm -hmm. verse. And they're, like, ready to be like, well, let's cheer for who we think the winner is. And then uh, Sekitova Kung Fu comes up and just raises Kabe Taijin's he hand. He grabs his arm and it's like, you won. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you won. And I'm like, my boy, that's my Boy! <laughs> That's, That's my, my new boy. Text right there. <laughs> just me. Every time you get a text, just me shrieking. That's my boy. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. That's me talking about storm dungeons and yeah. dragons. Anyway. That's my boy. <laughs> anyway, Starla, cut this out. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I was leaving that shit in. <laughs> anyway, so after the rap battle, um, we find out the, the arrangement for um, Aiko's song is finally finished. Mm -hmm. um, so they go into the recording studio. It's time to re finally record. Um, and when she gets into the booth and she actually sings it with the music for the first time, her singing is so powerful, it sends Kong Ming into an emotional flashback. Or, like, literally back in time, maybe, even. Possibly, He's, like, having maybe, visions yeah. of Liu Bei, like... He, yeah, he, yeah. Mentions, yeah. he, he has a, he, he goes back to when he first met Liu Bei and was asked to be a tactician. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to create a peaceful world, will you help me do it? Uh, hey, Kong Ming, what are you doing? What are you spacing out for? He's like, oh, I was just having a dramatic flashback. Don't mind me. <laughs> I will say, like, it's interesting to see this characterization as someone who's, like, deeply emotional about a lot of things when traditionally he's almost presented like this heartless monster. Mm. But because he's so good, like, people are willing to try and get his services, even though he mm -hmm. is willing to do anything to win. Mm -hmm. In this, like, it's almost like he follows Liu Bei because of ideals though and like maybe they're in love who knows listen there's no heterosexual explanation for Liu Bei like constantly showing up in his like little flashback hallucinations yeah. look he wasn't at the peach garden oath but like Shuge Long was willing to start making that brother pact with him. <laughs> I, I, we're laughing, but we don't know Three Kingdoms. We're like, yep, You yep. have no idea yeah, what you're like, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, Athena said something funny. <laughs> we totally know what history. Story, <laughs> no, no, it's just the lore. We don't know the lore. Okay. No, I made that joke knowing you weren't going to get it. <laughs> so, in the end, uh, it, it, was, it was also very cute because it's like, uh, Stev is like, that was good, but we need to record it perfectly. Let's go in again. And it goes like, yep, 100%. So she's not even feeling bad about having to do multiple takes. So motivated. I'm like, baby girl, so happy yes. For you can like both see and hear how much she's improved as a singer, mm -hmm. like in the past few days, relatively. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you do hear her song over the credits a little bit. Um, a little bit. Well, it stops right before the chorus. They blue ball yeah. us with the, right before the beat drops. The drop. <laughs> they really do tease you with it. Um, uh, oh, but yeah, at the very end, uh, she decides on a name for the because song. Because she's thinking about her girlfriend. She's thinking about her girlfriend, so the song title is Dreamer. She's trying to make a song yeah. that'll reach Nanami. <laughs> so now, the last two episodes. <laughs> It's time for the face-off, epic face-off. See, we're doing the air horn noises, but there are actually air horns in the show, so... Aiko, at the very beginning of the episode, posts her submission for the 100k likes contest, and it is now time, Transformers roll out. Because we get... This is where we get more details on the Azalea concert, but we already went into it. Um, so we see around Shibuya, a whole bunch of people are trying to figure out, like, they know that Azalea is going to do a secret concert somewhere in Shibuya today, but people don't know where it's going to be. So you see all these people running around, and they're like, you didn't see a truck? We have to find out where the Azalea concert's going to be. And they're, like, running around. And it's, like, it's people who aren't even fans of they just Azalea. Want they're fans of money. They're, like, talking about how they just want to win that money. Yeah, so you can tell it's, like, very much, it's shady also, shit, but it's going to work. it is mysteriously very foggy that day just by happenstance 
Um, Which isn't yeah. a reference to a three <laughs> Tell us more, Athena! It's more of an incidental thing, but like, uh, Zhuge Liang is, uh, is stated as having mystical powers and like he can summon the easterly wind and stuff oh. like that. It was probably because of certain books and teachings he had, he had a basic knowledge of meteorology. Oh. And so like he uses that to his advantage by people, by like knowing what weather patterns are going to happen to become advantageous. And uh, I think it was the Battle of Redwood. So by having that prediction in mind, like using the weather. Mm -hmm. It's like stories of how people would say it's like, yeah, people in the olden times who knew what a solar eclipse was could probably freak the fuck out of people who didn't know what a solar eclipse was mm -hmm. by predicting yep. when a solar eclipse would be. It's like, Oh, yeah. Well, if you don't work with me. And knowing the winds are going to suddenly change in a naval battle is probably mm -hmm. a good thing. Yes, this is true. <laughs> and also just a, another thing, too, is, again, ongoing throughout the whole series. He, you, There are, like, little scenes of him doing fortune telling. And there's more than one mm -hmm. time where he's like, well, Aiko's also just, like, favored by the gods. Like, there's definitely some mm -hmm. parts where it's like he might not have predicted. It just is that Aiko's really lucky. Mm -hmm. He plays that up a lot. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so people are running around Shibuya. And then suddenly a truck pulls up and I would just like to say that. So I've said before, it's like, I don't really have many beefs with the show. This is my one beef that I do have. There is no fucking way in a, there is, it would be a cold day in hell before the intersection in Shibuya would be not crowded. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, though. the freaking yeah, intersection right. in front of 109 had nobody in it, and the truck just pulled yeah. up. Are you shitting me? That intersection is... Totally. <laughs> it's because it was foggy, but, okay? <laughs> no, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but it pissed me off, too, um, when they were in Harajuku, and they were just walking and there was freely no one there. down that street, and there was, like, barely anyone there. I'm like... Fuck you. I've literally never been to Harajuku and not been rubbing ankles with like every single other person on that goddamn street. Takashita Street. Little that's we, what it's called. Takashita Street. Place Little did we know that all of, Starlight's a all, of these, <laughs> all of these episodes actually take place at 4 a.m. Oh, well, even then, <laughs> Probably. fucking Shibuya would never be abandoned like that. That's just the animators not wanting to draw it. Which I, I can respect, honestly. But or still. run people over with the trucks and get them turned into the zombies. Show. And then we have a whole other situation on our hands. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that my one Ida beef Illuminati. with the show. I the Illuminati. The, one, the, the Shibuya Crossing would never be that empty just because of some <laughs> goddamn fog. But anyway, back to talking Look, about the show. It's really foggy. It <laughs> really not. foggy. It is not. It's baby shit fog. <laughs> baby shit. <laughs> Shit's baby fog doesn't do shit. It, you can still see like everything. Wow, was that Steve Keto's voice actor? <laughs> shut the fuck up! I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, shut the fuck up! I'm beefing. <laughs> I'm beefing over here. My other do text stone. <laughs> I'm beefing. So, anyways, the car rolls up and out pops not Azalea. But Aiko. Aiko's here, and she's wearing an outfit that I was like, oh, nice Dr. Arknight's cosplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like the, the, the windbreaker with the hood. Look, if you want me to go on another fight. No, listen, I've, I've, I've picked up. How excited I've I am for picked Arknight's up Arknight's anime. again recently, just in time for them to announce Heck an anime, yeah. apparently. I know, I've been sending you clues. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so Aiko is there, surprise, but everyone, because they don't know who the fuck Azalea is, because they're not Azalea fans, they assume that Aiko 
is Azalea, and she's singing a cover of an Azalea song called Underworld. And then they flash up a uh, QR code, which is just a direct ripoff of Azalea's uh, yep. website. And then this is the part where they make the reference to, like, the stealing the arrows bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, They're taking the likes that Azalea would have gotten in uh-huh. that situation. Which, like, okay, I'll admit that at first I was like, damn, that's, like, really shitty of them, actually. But then I remembered, no, wait. It was yeah. shitty of Azalea to do this in the first place, so I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have the marketing budget, so they're using Azalea's marketing budget. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like, what I love in this show, is that consistently it is shown that Aiko's enemy is not Azalea. Aiko's enemy is capitalism. <laughs> it is, 100%. Yes. The enemy of the show is Very capitalism. And the show, like, says it with its whole chest, really. <laughs> yeah. They really do. It's like, hey, the music industry is shit. Let's resurrect an old tactician to, to help, help you, you out. like, get ahead of these fucking money lobby people and just throwing their money in the right around to, like, get ahead in the music industry ahead of, like, actual artists who are, like, actually good because we all know that it's not about the music you're making. It's about how well you're... It's how much money it's you It's about how much money you pump money. into it and how well you promote yourself. Mm-hmm. Speak, comrade. <laughs> preach. <laughs> and that's totally fucked, isn't it? Anyway... Back to our totally non-political anime. <laughs> <laughs> non-political anime about a war tactician. Mm, critical thinking, everyone. What's it made of? Anyway. There weren't totally a bunch of Confucian ideals put into it. Azalea, meanwhile, finds out that uh, somebody has shown up impersonating them, and they're like, huh. That's... And they're like, the fuck it's like, you the say? Fuck you say you are trying to approach me. And then in the like, they're a they're like at seventy thousand likes. And then the actual Azalea truck pulls up, and they're like, mm-hmm. hey, bitch, vroom. And so like the actual Azalea starts performing. It's like a face off on both sides of the street with these giant rigged yep. up trucks. Also, it's to, surreal. To note, they do also perform their song Underworld, which again, when you take the whole death and rebirth thing, really works for them. Uh huh. Because they're in the underworld now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, during this song, while they're singing, like, they're up there, they're on stage, they're dancing, they're singing, but Nanami is having this internal monologue when she realizes that Eiko is the person who was, like, her rival in that moment. She's like, no, Eiko, don't look at me, this isn't me, oh god, this is embarrassing, please don't look, and it's just, oh. And that is an uncomfortable shot, I will say. because, like, they definitely do, like, a close-up ass shot, like, right at the start of this monologue. It's like, don't look at me, ass! Yeah. Yeah, and it's very much like uncomfortable. Yes, but it's meant to be that way. It's mm-hmm. not meant to be sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's they do a very good job with the framing and yeah. And also, it's mentioned but, um, a few times before. Uh, current Azalea isn't even singing their songs; they're like lip syncing, and they're not playing their instruments. And it's also something that Nanami doesn't want Eiko to witness. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's just like. The fan service shots over Nanami screaming, don't look at me, don't see, Mm -hmm. this isn't me. And it's just like, oh, God, baby. 
mm-hmm. with a mask over her face mm-hmm. and everything. So you like can't Kid see it out the by the industry. It's like, God, mm-hmm. oh, it hits so fucking hard. But yeah, so now they sh- the, now the for real Azaleas like pops up their QR code and they start racking up likes. But then um, Kabe comes in and does his one thing that he does. Like the whole reason <laughs> he's here. Which is roasting the shit Just out of Azalea. Just destroys them with a fucking freestyle rap, calling them out for lip syncing, being fake as fuck, not showing their faces. And like this pisses off all the people in the audience. But then like the Aiko fan super spy is also in the audience and he starts yelling. He's like, don't scan the QR code. They're not the real Azalea. The QR code takes you to a scam website. And so right before Azalea hits 100,000 likes, the votes just stop. Mm-hmm. And so now they are stuck at an impasse. <gasps> episode 12. Next episode. So the audience is screaming at Aiko and their whole truck to leave. It's like, it's like, just get out of here. Go away. But Nanami tells him, he's like, hey, shut up. And so yeah. the audience quiets down so that Aiko can bust out her song. And she does. Yeah. So she sings Dreamer. And it's the first time yeah. we get the entire and it is song. Gorgeous. <laughs> And Nanami, meanwhile, you get cuts back and forth of her just, like, watching Aiko and, like, she and her, her bandmates, like, take off their masks and just watch and they're crying. And they're just crying and Nanami is, like, she doesn't want to at first, but she starts, like, tapping her foot and then she turns to the other girls and sees that they're crying and she, like, finally, and, like, the manager is, like, screaming in their ears, like, how are we gonna get out of this? Quick, we have to drop our new song! I know it's early, but we have to get the audience back on our side somehow! And they just take out their ear pierces, earpieces so they can't hear this anymore. And the girl, the Azalea girls just look at each other and they're like, I want to go back to the way things used to be. I want to mm-hmm. sing our songs again. And it's just underplaying like this whole time that Aiko is singing this song about like following your dreams. And it's, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to cry right now. It's really oh, good. God. And it's then so good. And then during this time, there's like you can see other people watching this whole performance. And then her 100,000 like is from Steve. DJ Steve, who was watching in a car. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who pushes her over and she wins. I'd like to imagine him sitting there furiously reading. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I need to be extra. Uh, I need to be able to screenshot this. I'm going to be the dramatic bitch. <laughs> you know i was thinking for voting for azalea (laughs) but yeah so the audience just fucking loses it and they go crazy and it's like oh my god she won yay look at it go and at this point the audience kind of disperses because they're like hey we put in our votes to try and win the money let's go let's go drinking or something and so Mm -hmm. while the crowd is kind of disperses the azalea girls are kind of up on stage on their truck still and they're like, hey, let's play some of our old music. 
hell yeah and so then, and then they, they bust do. out their instruments and they actually play like, like throw off yeah they mask. throw the masks away and they actually like break out their instruments and they play like an old azalea song from back yeah. when the band was like actually a band and they're like actually playing instead of having it played behind them which was another thing their producer mm-hmm. made and them the, do. you can tell already they just they just have so much more life and just they are alive oh it's a night it's yeah. amazing to see and like after that um kind of the audience comes back and they're like oh my god wait you guys played that that was awesome play more encore and then mm. they check their page, and Azalea has now also passed 100,000 likes. It was too late. They lost because Aiko hit it first. But they did it under their own But they did it under their own power. They were still able to hit it with real- Under their own power, asterisk, because apparently the thing that hit over 100,000 likes was Kongming's stream of them playing. Yeah, he posted a video online of them, stream of like them actually performing a for real Azalea song, and then everybody liked it so much that they went over the 100,000 likes, and then Kongming in his head is like, and now they have actual fans who appreciate who they really are and their real music. It's like, and fuck then he's, yeah. He, he's like, new stratagem, returning the 100,000 arrows to your enemy. <laughs> It was very, very good. And it's just, oh. Yes. Yes. So, second half of the episode. Um, after party. the after party. So, the evil Light Yagami Beatles manager is at this after party. <laughs> Kong Ming kind of corners him. He's like, so, hey, I heard that you used to be a rock boy, too. But you were in a band that failed miserably, and so you wanted to manage these rock girls and make them successful so that you could feel better about yourself not being successful. Isn't that right? And also, I, by the way, I sent this photo to your girls later! <laughs> uh, and his rock band was totally a Visual K band. Yep. He was in Visual Prison. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was definitely a character in Visual Prison that we just didn't mm-hmm. see. He was off screen. They're saving him for the mobile game. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so then the Azalea girls go over and they're like, hey, we want to keep being Azalea, but we want to be Azalea Reborn and we want to be successful with our own music. Will you still produce us? And he's like, fine, I'll produce you with your own music. Happy. Baka. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, if this was like any other idol anime, that would not have gone over so smoothly. But I'm willing to no. accept it because God, these girls need a fucking break. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to be happy with what we get because God, that fucking sucked and I'm happy for them now. And then Kong Min goes on the roof and he toasts to Eiko with his dead boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happens Jeez. though. Um, <laughs> he's like seeing his lord is like just like glowing as like a little ghost on the on the roof. And he's like, yes, he gives like a thumbs up or whatever the equivalent is. And he's like, yes, congratulations on finding a pa- your passion in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a peaceful world. Good luck with your music career. Um, mm-hmm. And then Kong Ming's like, Eiko, I want to keep producing you. I want to keep helping you rise to the top. And I, you can consider me your tactician for like, I'm in this for the long haul. 
basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Aiko gets called back inside to sing. And hey, DJ. Hey, DJ. Yeah, we get the ending, and that's the final credits. Yeah. Oh, but there's like one little so there's one good. little thing at the end where the narrator we've had a narrator um who does mm-hmm. like the little pre opening credit spiel every single time like kind of giving us a rundown on like lore of Three Kingdom stuff. At the very end the narrator goes, "It will be or no, maybe Kong Ming says it. I forget who says it, but someone says it in the style of the narration. It's like on um, it the battle will be passed down forever." That on this day, two groups did battle, and it would be passed down as the Battle of 109, because 109 is like the big <laughs> tower in Shibuya that's like the centerpiece of that part of the city, and that's like in front of that was where the throwdown happened. Yeah. So, Athena, what if we have a season two, is there any Kong Ming lore that you wish would happen in a season two? That's honestly a good question. Um... They hit on a lot of the major ones that people would probably know. They'll probably try to relate more of the episodes to, like, the different 36 stratagem. Because mm-hmm. they bring it up a lot. I know that there's one that you told me about, like, having, like, something that seemed too much like a trap so people turned around. Was that a Kong Ming thing? Yes, that is the Empty Fort stratagem. Um, so what he did is, basically, his uh, division of troops are being chased by a much larger army. There's absolutely no way they're going to stand up, like, even though... Like, they've got Zhuge Long as the commander. Even he's like, yeah, we're fucked if we try to actually fight him. Uh, so they find a fort that is currently abandoned and just has, like, a few people living inside of it. So Zhuge Long's like, hey, uh, I've got maybe a dozen guys with me. All of you just dress up as, like, peasants. Maybe sweep outside and stuff like that. And goes and sits on the top of the gate. Enemy commander comes around, just sees doors open. It's completely empty on the inside, except for, like, a couple of dudes. And Zhuge Long's just sitting on top of the gate, drinking tea, being like, hey, why don't you come on in? The dude, hmm, I'm fighting Zhuge Long right now. This is obviously a trap, and I'm going to die if I go in there. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this story before. Out of all of them, oh, I've, I'm sure I've you have. definitely heard that one before. I- yeah, it's a very famous one because it's so, like, off the walls bonkers. <laughs> but that's the kind of reputation he had. I feel like it could definitely be interpreted in the show. Absolutely. Yes. No, if they they could definitely put the empty fort thing in there now that he's got a reputation. Mm-hmm. Like people know who he is and that he will turn your shit against you. Like I feel like that could definitely be implemented. But I'm more excited to see the character development nice. like now that people can start working together, now that they're going to make it into this music festival. Oh god, what do mm-hmm. we do? Yes. And I've actually seen like a one little spoiler of what happens next in the manga. I won't say it. I'll tell you guys later if you want. Yeah, I've seen nothing and I'm trying to keep it that way. Um I it's just like the scenario of like what happens. It's like, okay, we got into this festival. Now what? Mm-hmm. Here's the next hurdle. Oh god. I didn't think we'd make yeah. it this far. It's <laughs> like I didn't have a plan. I didn't think we'd make it this far, TBH. <laughs> But yeah, so I just put your hands to the sky and send your energy to the anime god so that we might get a second a season two of this, hopefully before Cursed Idol October next year. <laughs> god, I hope so. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this show more. It's so good. I want to resurrect my wife again. Yeah, we have to resurrect Athena again, and we got to have a good show to talk true. about. true. I do require gayness in order to be resurrected. That's part of the ritual. <laughs> it's okay. Every idol anime is gay if you're talking about it with Sarah. It's true. Yes. It's true. <laughs> oh my god, Sarah, that's so gay. I can't believe you have yeah. a goth wife. <laughs> yeah, I have the goth GF. <laughs> Take that, haters. <laughs> 
sexy goth GF obtained. My wife is too powerful. <laughs> too strong. Sarah's too powerful to be contained. That's why Athena's the one who has True. to be resurrected every year. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us on this cursed idol October. Yeah. The happiest of holidays. The happiest of holidays. I feel like I want to do a final thoughts thing, but I feel like we pretty much expressed everything like during the show. Like my mm. main notes were wish yeah. they did more with Kabe to like um have an effect on the main storyline and also capitalism is bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. My main thoughts yeah. My main thoughts are, hey, DJ, Yup. Yup. Music's good. I am very excited to see where it goes one way or another. I'm just really invested me in these kids. Yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm hype as hell. But yeah, that's our finale for Cursed Idol October, baby. Once we edit out all of the stuff, mm-hmm. I think this episode is still going to be a little shorter than Gekidol, though. Quick, Athena, talk about fate. Talk about fate. So it'll be our last. <laughs> Deep throat the mic for two hours. Sure. So tell me more about this jungling. Or that's that's like wow. Really that is a Genshin Impact. <laughs> yeah, Idle Days Podcast. Find us on the internet at idledays.card.co. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel. We don't have a vanity URL yet, but the link is on our website. And once we can have the title Idle Days Podcast, where it's literally just youtube.com slash idledayspod, we'll have it. But they haven't given me the option yet on YouTube because they're still rolling that out to people. So eventually we will be youtube.com slash idle days pod. But until then, just go to our website and look it up or just Google or just type idle days podcast <laughs> into YouTube. We're going to get it eventually, I swear. Subscriber will come to your house. <laughs> but Athena, what if they want you to come to their house? They want to meet the goth GF Athena. I'm the only one who can Subscribe use the anyway, Wi-Fi. Then. The Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> full circle we made that joke at the beginning of the episode and now mm-hmm. we're making it a second time at the end of the episode we did, we did it we did it uh also we have a twitter and instagram it's at idle days pod <laughs> tweet at us any shows that are cursed in concept are also really good so we can watch them yeah on the we better get a continuation of this show by next october but on the off chance that we don't and the zombie land saga movie still hasn't come out we're going to need fodder for next year. <laughs> and both are all over social media. We have links to our Discord. Come join us there. It's a come chill, help. relaxing time with occasionally cursed thoughts. But come help us make sacrifices to revive my wife every October. <laughs> you have to sprinkle sprinkle things into her grave. Athena, what, <laughs> what offerings do you demand to be sprinkled onto your grave? Gay anime girls. <laughs> yep, that's that's why I am with her, Vol. Oh, are you an anime girl? <laughs> no, I just have a lot I can provide. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> a fairly extensive collection of anime girls. Especially gay anime girls. Got a lot of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That tracks. 
Uh, do we want to hint about what our next episode is going to be? Because I know, Sarah, you at one point mentioned yes. one you wanted to do, and I think that's going to be our next one. That is going to be our next episode. Um, it is an ongoing continuation of a series that I have been solo watching. And if you can't tell what it is with that know. hint, then we can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go back and listen to all of our previous episodes so you're caught up for yep. the next one. Yep. You've got two weeks. <laughs> Ready, go. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not sure what my next episode is going to be. I've got a couple of ideas. We'll see. If you have a suggestion, drop them on our social media mentions or in our Discord server. Wink. Also, it is only the end of October, beginning of November now, but sooner or more sooner than later, our Christmas special will be coming up. Yes. So at your convenience, uh, tweet at us, come in our Discord, and... Send us links to your favorite idol Christmas music that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll probably like post a link somewhere that's like these are all the ones we did for previous episodes. So don't send us these, but send us other ones so that we can talk yes. about them for this year. Especially from series that we might not have talked about yes, yet. Yes, yes, I yes, know yes. that we have unearthed secrets about B Project and Starmie, which we haven't <laughs> watched yet. So if you got Christmas music from that, it's a great intro for us. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, we've got stuff. Coming down the pipe. That's exciting. Stay tuned. Stay Good people. Tuned. Athena, any closing thoughts before we before we must uh, put you back in your grave until next year? If there's not a season two of this by next year, I'm writing. Let's, Let's go! go! <laughs> anyway, that'll be all for us today. This has been Idle Days. We've, We've been Lady. See you, See you next, next live. live. Bye. Bye. Editing star, cut this part out. Yeah. Editing star, cut this part out. This is just I'm going to say, looking at Twitter. Cut it out. <laughs> All right, since we're going to cut it out anyway. Oh! <laughs> no, Athena, don't th deep throat the mic. <laughs> yeah, bye. That is also in the blood pact. I have to deep throat something once every episode. What? What? <laughs> I mean, what? What? Uh, what? It lies. No! <laughs> Now I have to perform say that's go that's going to be our end credit bit. <laughs> Episode 2. <laughs>